0: The Tumbling Saber Podcast is powered by our powerful friends. Become a powerful friend for just a couple dollars per month and get exclusive podcasts, early access podcasts, random prize draws, contests, newsletters, and more. Visit patreon.com slash tumblingsaber and become more powerful than you could possibly imagine. Everybody, welcome to episode 122 of the Tumbling Saber podcast. My name's Kyle. I'm Corey, and I'm Carlos. Welcome back, everybody! Just 37 days away from Solo, and we have a new TV spot. We have we have merch, or do we? I don't know. <laughs> Seems some of us do, some of us don't. But we'll talk about that in a few minutes, guys. I don't, don't want to talk about weather, Corey. We're done with weather talk. But I just want, to, I, want I want to run this guys past you. So D- Donald Glover was on the Star Wars show last week and he said that after being cast as Lando that he ate an entire pizza and watched Empire Strikes Back which sounds pretty good to me so I'm, I'm going to ask you guys what would you do after landing your dream gig?
1: Oof.
2: Maybe something along those lines but it would probably end on a bender will <laughs> <laughs> start there and who knows where the night's going to end
0: uh, in jail, and then the next day, dis- Disney or wherever you're, dream- <laughs> parts ways with. No, I, I'd end up maybe I, I'd, I I'd, I'd preemptively
2: I'd think these things through. I'd either have like a my spirit guide or whatever with me, lock myself up, can't get out. No, whatever. I I, I would definitely celebrate with a few people.
0: Carlos, well, how do how do you celebrate your dream gig? Uh,
3: pro- Well, after the panic attack. I think uh, I would have, yeah, like pizza sounds good, man. I haven't had pizza in a long time, and I'm I'm, I'm trying to cut out carbs. So, oh, man, a nice Brooklyn-style uh, pizza from Domino's. I think I'd crush one of those. <laughs> nice yeah. super thin crust, you know, the foldy kind? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah no, really those, those
2: are the those are the kind of pizzas like like a real Quebecois pizza. That, that's it's you can get thin crust and all that, but they're heavy. They're they're awesome. But like a Domino's kind of type pizza, like you said, you can crush a whole pizza. Like I could do a oh, whole no. medium for
0: sure. Yeah,
3: the Brooklyn, the Brooklyn pizza, the Brooklyn style pizza is like really really thin <laughs> with the large pieces of pepperoni. It's actually freaking delicious.
0: All right, so guys, we had the drop of some some I'll stress some <laughs> solo merchandise this weekend. At least our at least our friends in the U.S. seem to have gotten plenty of it. In the U.K. and Canada, it has been spotty at best. I, I trust that you guys did some rounds this weekend, Corey. What did you What did you turn up in your neck of the woods?
2: Well, on the Friday, I had to take lunch. My lunch hour, I went out. I hit up a local Walmart and the Toys R Us. Yeah, I mean the the TRU actually had the Vader helmet in and, and quite a few of them to boot, as well as the Dewback. But man, that's the, the helmet I want, the dewback, I'd love it as well. But it's a lot of real estate. And it's something that's got to come out of the box as well. And do you keep the box? So I don't know. I'm kind of torn on that. Plus, the price point right now is a little high. Other than that, squat. Uh, Walmart, nothing. Then Saturday, I went over to another Walmart, the Honey Hole. The secret location <laughs> was... Uh, yeah, they had actually the... I've, it was so odd, too, because it wasn't with the Star Wars stuff. It was actually in a really, like... Out of the way aisle, kind of like the discount section again, like so backwards. But uh, they had the whole vintage line just tucked away in a corner, like not like so hard to spot. But they had the whole line except for the the Empire guy, the the trooper, the rebel
0: Rebel trooper. Uh, <laughs> the Empire guy, the Rebel trooper.
2: Sorry, from Empire Strikes Back, the <laughs> Rebel trooper on Hoth. There with the card back on Hoth. Gotcha. Yeah, they had everyone but him. Um, I saw Enfy's Nest with whatever, like, Cloud Rider he has or his pod racer, or whatever you want to call it. Looked kind of cool. It's a she, by uh, the way. Oh, excuse me. That's true. We saw. <laughs> we learned that last week. But um, the 12-inch figurines, the dolls. <laughs> um, yeah, they had a few of those. They had Lando, no, uh, no Lando, just Han and Kira that I'd seen. Other than that, nada so... I mean, Friday after I had went out and didn't see anything in the Black Series, I was all like, Arr! so I went online because I'd seen somewhere that uh, they they went up online, and I got six-inch Han Lando and had to get that Tarkin, man. Had to get that Tarkin. <laughs> it was so funny, too, because it was like just not too long after, I think it was that evening, I was I was on on Facebook, whatever, part of a forum for Black Series Stuff Canada, and someone posted a pic of someone already trying to sell a Tarkin for 99 bucks with a caption, like, some men just want to watch the world burn.
0: Oh, yeah. And somebody will buy it. Maybe not at that price, but somebody will buy it. In the
2: long run, it is kind of disappointing. I wish it was just a little more cohesive. We had a little more structure, scheduled drop date, because, yeah, it was a bit, like, having gone out to all these stores, you know, it was kind of like, I saw the helmets and I, my, I felt my heart flutter. <gasps> There is stuff here, you know, and just nothing and finding the vintage line was kind of cool. But again, I didn't I didn't go into get into any of that. But uh, yeah, just having to go online and buy stuff like I wasn't taking a chance at that target. I need it. But having to go online again just just takes away from the high, man.
0: It sure does. Uh, Carlos, did you did you do any Lego this weekend? So what
3: happened was. Uh, I prepared myself for this segment by going to Toys R Us today, <laughs> and uh, and uh, sure, uh, Lego's always true that you can always count on Lego to release things when they're supposed to be released, and, or even sometimes a little earlier, uh, as I've I've seen in the last uh, twelve months, and so that they had the whole the the whole Han Solo line and the uh, Yoda's hut. Uh, yeah, so everything was uh, was there uh, ready and available uh, I didn't pick anything up though um, because I, I, I sold them get, too yeah I want I want to get them through my uh, uh, the Lego store because it's the same price and at least I can like redeem some points the points baby yeah baby and uh, so uh, we looked at that stuff and uh, I talked to uh I talked to my boy and I asked him you know okay so if Like, I'm already preparing him for, like, don't expect to get the Millennium Falcon because that ain't happening. (laughs) Uh, But if uh, we had to choose between this battle pack and this battle pack, which one would you want? And if you had to choose between Han's speeder and and Yoda's hut, what would you want? So I'm trying to, like, trying to keep the price point, you know, bearable. And so I got his information, and that was great. And then we we wandered off to uh, the Hasbro side, and, uh, yeah... Uh, they move some of the stuff around. They have probably a 25 square foot uh, display part of the wall that's completely empty, uh, which I'm assuming is for the new Hasbro stuff, which didn't come in yet. I mean, that's my assumption, uh, why they would clear all that stuff out. Uh, But there was nothing at all. I did the whole turn uh, of the Toys R Us. Uh, usually I go to those two spots and I don't wander, but I, I wandered today. And uh, there, was, there wasn't there was anything. Only Lego stayed true.
0: That, that pretty much holds true for me as well. Like on Friday, or over the course of the weekend, starting on Friday, I've hit three different Walmarts and not one of them had anything new whatsoever. Which, you know, I, I think back to... Last September, when we talk, talked about last Jedi collectibles, and our our Walmart insider uh, reached out to me uh, in private and said, "Listen, Walmart doesn't care about Star Wars toys. They don't. The Force Friday thing to them is it's a it's a deal breaker. It's it's a no go. They just don't care." Uh, so I I kept that in mind, or actually I mem- I remembered it after the fact because of course that frustration set in, saying, "Guys, what are you doing? Where is the stuff?" And there's no word from Walmart. Canada on Twitter or anywhere saying, like, new merch is coming out on this date or you know, nothing. It's it's just so annoying. And I just you know later on I thought about what our what our palace said and he just said they they don't care. It's not even considered. They get to it when they get to it. And so I'm I'm not looking to Walmart to solve any of my problems at this point. Uh, I did go to Toys R Us, and this is this is kind of funny. So I I was like, oh, I'm getting the Han Solo speeder, and I just grabbed it. And left. Then I walked out and I said, we went out for lunch. I said, why did I buy it there? There's a Lego store right across the highway. So I went back to Toys R Us, returned the Han Solo speeder, went to the Lego store, and they didn't have it.
4: (laughs) (laughs) They had everything else.
0: But the the slot on the shelf uh, where Han Solo speeder was, was completely empty. They had plenty of everything else except for the Han Solo speeder. I was like, you got to be kidding me. Like, this has got to be a joke. And then my wife just flagged one of the employees there and said, is there any more of that? And she said, let me go check. And sure enough, there was one. There was awesome. one in the back store. So I, I snagged that, got the points for it. Uh, so I, I built that this morning. I I, saw, I shared a couple pictures on Twitter. Uh, it's, it's really nice. And for, for value, it's pretty good if you go, like, you know, price per brick.
3: Yeah, it's a better value than the the Yoda's hood at the same price point.
0: Yeah, this is this was three hundred and forty five pieces for thirty five bucks. Thirty five. Yeah, exactly. So it really does yeah. hit that ten to, you know ten dollars per hundred parts, which which is kind of money. And it's built really well. It's really solid. There's one questionable part on the hood. You know, it it's the hood is one big panel with little components attached to the top, but it yeah. connects to the rest of the speeder only by two posts. So it's,
3: Yeah, it's me- it's meant to pop off, right? So that like uh you can like actually play Han like fixing up the engine yeah, and
0: stuff. Yeah. Yeah, it's just it I think it's maybe a little too loose on there. But again, mm-hmm. I it just sits on my shelf or at least it's intended to. My once I had it put together, uh my son took off with it for the rest of the day. So I've had to put it back together a couple of times. And uh luckily no no is missing just yet. But it's it's a really cool little set.
2: Yeah, I was looking at them too this weekend, and out of all of them, that would be the one and only Lego piece, if any, I would buy. It, it was really? pretty hot, and like the the price point was right too.
3: Yeah, the price point is is decent. Uh, that's uh, for sure. It's decent, but uh, I don't know the Millennium Falcon. Man, it's I like it. I like it. I I think it's uh, I think it's cool. It's I...
0: really cool. I saw one yeah. built at the. Did your Lego store have one built up?
3: You went to the one in Point Claire. I did. Okay, that's usually the store I go to because there's uh, there's only two in our area. there's uh, Point Claire and in Laval so uh, which is north of the city of Montreal. So um, I love that Lego store at Point Claire. like I actually <laughs> sent emails back and forth with the manager. Oh, wow. um, I-, I went there looking for uh, one of the brickheads. They have like uh, seasonal brickheads. And uh, I had the Valentine's Bee and I was looking for the Easter Bunny and they were sold out everywhere. He actually gave me the display, not sold it to me. He gave me the display. That's pretty cool. (laughs) So like, yeah, man, he's a freaking cool guy. Uh, uh, If uh, if you're in in that area, like go check out Sean at at, uh, the Lego store in uh, Point Claire in Fairview Mall.
0: Very cool. Yeah, that's that's I like that. Uh, good. I'm glad I made that choice to go over and give them my business instead of uh, instead of the giant Toys R Us retailer. But yeah, I I would like to. The Tie Fighter is really sharp.
3: You know, that's eighty nine yeah, bucks. It's expensive. Man. Ugh, for for that, I don't know. For, ugh, it's tough for that price point, man. It's it's hard to swallow.
0: The Falcon is really nice too, and just the highlight for me is is the Falcon has a bar. There's a little wet bar inside the Falcon. Yeah. It's beautiful, man. I think we just lost Corey. Yeah,
3: it's, like, it's like a yacht, man. It's, it is. Uh, it's yeah, exactly it's, that. Yeah.
0: It is exactly a yacht.
3: Yeah. Um, I just got a message. Corey's computer died. <laughs> Again, he said.
0: <laughs> you must be so thrilled.
3: It's okay. Let's we'll, we'll we'll try to carry the show in his absence.
0: Yeah. We'll, yeah. We'll we'll soldier on here. Uh, and then um, my collecting didn't end there. So I've decided. I think I've decided kind of this weekend, although it was sort of on my mind all week. And of course, we, you know, we spoke about it on Sith Disturbers. Um, like what was I going to do about collecting this year? How's I going to handle it specifically in this season? Because there's so much stuff that I want, but I can't. I just can't do it for various reasons that we touched on in Sith Disturbers. Um, so I, I've decided that I'm going to do the vintage collection. That's going to be my thing. That will be my, my primary focus which means I'll be very, very selective with Black Series stuff and with the other three and three quarter lines. So I'm, I'm out hunting for this vintage collection. And I don't think I specifically told you or Corey that this was going to be my focus. I think I said on Sith Disturbers that I'd like to do it, but I don't think I committed to it at that point. But at some point I've decided, yes, I, I, the packaging is too nice. It It's just that beautiful, you know, old school inspired packaging. I can't pass it up, so that's where I'm gonna focus. And I looked all around. I found the first order stormtrooper at EB Games, and I, I was—I didn't want to buy just one. You know, I want to—I want to find a place that has a display so I can just like pick them off the rack and just go. So I asked the store manager, "Like, do you have any more of these?" He goes, "No, nah, we got the, we got a box yesterday. That's all. That's the only, only guy left." I was like, "You gotta be kidding me! Really? Is it gonna be this hard?" Uh, so I. I came home, I did the rounds on the on the websites, and I decided, you know what I'm going to go check out my old friends at north Northmen Collectibles, and sure enough, he had all of them listed, so I bought the whole set of six. I don't know when I'm going to get it. I was emailing with with uh, Austin at Northmen Collectibles on Saturday night, and I said, dude, do you know you have any idea when I might expect to get these? And he said it shouldn't be too long, but uh yeah i I decided you know what i'm I'm sick and tired of Driving all over the place just to f- be disappointed time after time, so I ended it. It's done. I'm. I just bought all six online, and they'll be shipped to my house. So, you know, the thrill of the hunt is kind of dead. But this, this at least I'll get what I want in this case.
3: Yeah, exactly.
0: But it brings me to my next point. So I'm gonna just say because I've I've, put, I've told my wife, and I'm I'll, I'll tell Corey offline at some point, but. When the, if wave one, it's solved, or I think this is actually wave sixteen or something of the vintage collection. But when the, this wave, I'm done. But the next waves, I'm either just going to keep ordering off that guy or in the wild. If you see one, let me know, and I'll just say like, yeah, just grab it for me. That that'll be like the standing orders, Corey. If you see a piece for me, just let me know, and I'll, I'll tell you whether or not to fly to grab it right away, because Corey. Corey reached out to me and goes, oh, yeah, my honey hole. They have all the vintage collection. I'm like, dude, are you still there? No, no, no. I I left. I was like, (laughs) dude. And it was already like 4.15. I had no chance of getting that far, that that far out west before it closed. It's like, ah, God, really? And I bet you if I go tomorrow, they'll be gone. So I I took no chances. I just ordered online. It's It's just the nature of it now. So. I, I'll, I'll be supporting the indie retailers until such point as the big guys make it worth my while to not do so. I like it. And it's, yeah, and it's, yeah I mean, like I said, the, the thrill of the hunt used to be a big part of it, right? Corey talked about, the, you know, you walking into a store and you see the new stuff and you're like, oh, they have stuff and you can just see all the things like the glory on the pegs. I'm, that That's probably going to fade over time here.
3: Oh, well. I think you'll be more. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? You'll be more um, relieved that you got them uh, than, like, upset that you didn't have that initial buzz.
0: Yeah, I think so. In the, in the long run, this it makes more sense. But I'm always trepidatious that I'm going to get that email at some point saying, "Yeah, our distributor doesn't have any more." I know it said, "You know," I, I know that we had on our website that it was listed, but you know, when we went to put through our orders, they had no stock and so sorry, dude. I'm just terrified that that's gonna happen to me at some point where the order falls through and then I have no choice but to either, you know, go look on the secondary market or just drive all over the place. Ugh. That that would be an absolute killer. All right, so Corey's still not back, but we will we will plow ahead. And we're not. There's, there's really no news. Actually, th- did you catch the new solo TV spot?
3: Uh, I'm the one who actually dropped it in our, uh, in our uh, Facebook feed. You did. Uh, yeah, I, I saw as soon as it, uh, it was released. I think I, I was maybe four minutes after Star Wars released it on YouTube. So uh, I shared it right away with you guys. It's pretty awesome. I love that new TV spot.
0: It's pretty cool, right?
3: Yeah. Uh, I like it better than the, than the full trailer, actually. Really? Yeah, it has less of that like uh, uh, that West wannabe like uh, spaghetti western type of thing. It had more of like a more of a science fiction feel to me, which which was cool. It was it was, and I don't like hate the western thing, but I liked that it could be something else. You know what I mean?
2: Sure. Yeah, nice. it could play in a whole bunch of different like genres and themes at the same time.
3: Guess who's back? <laughs>
0: <laughs> so Corey, uh, we were just finishing up with the collecting update, but I'll tell you now, if you see any more of the vintage collection, you're you on stand- now on standing orders to just grab it for me or call me, message me, text me, anything and say, do you need this one? You got it, man. But that's for that's for the following wave. I'm I've, I've ordered all six. I'm done. When the next six come out, that's when the standing orders begin.
2: Well, I'm going to say same goes for you in regards to six and figures and robots.
0: Well, I did. I I, I was considered enough to text you a picture of of the solo robots from the Funko line.
2: Yeah, I, was, I didn't. Were you there at the time? Yeah. Oh man. <laughs> I wouldn't have told you to pick them up right away. <laughs> Uh, I need those robots that that power gonk fighting droid man like the two pack um, we got here is
3: failure to communicate (laughs) Ah.
0: (laughs) whatever that that one will be mine I might get the chewy Funko it's it's so adorable anyway let's let's uh, move on Corey did you see the new TV spot anything you want to comment there I'm good
2: let's let's move forward
0: all right we'll move forward all right so again no no real news this week so instead, we're just going to chat about uh, a bit that came out a couple weeks ago that we've been kind of kicking kicking around here down the line, and it's about Ryan Johnson and his the path of his new trilogy. So I I scored this uh, news bit off of JediNews.co.uk, who got it from the LA Times, and it's it's really about how Ryan and I suppose whoever he's writing with or bouncing ideas off of, how are they. Figuring out what Star Wars is beyond what we all know it as. So his quote is, it's fun because it's kind of thinking, okay, outside of the Skywalker story and outside of the recognizable iconic, I can't say this word properly, iconography. What is iconography. This? Icon- Thank you. Iconography. What is this? What is Star Wars? Or what do we need to retain from that to pull forward for it to still be Star Wars? And what can we leave behind? They're all the big questions that need to be thought of. And even the ones that we don't know the answers to are things we need to figure out. If Star Wars is going to be vital and alive moving forward and not and not just be a waxworks, we're going to have to figure out how to tell vital new stories. And I find this super fascinating because this this is sort of... Maybe the most important thing anybody has had to think about when it comes to creating a Star Wars movie. You know, we we kind of touch on all this stuff uh, before The Last Jedi and certainly right around when TFA was coming out. How much of this has to be new and how much of it has to be nostalgic? Well, now I think we can put to bed the idea of nostalgia entirely. So, guys, let, let's just talk about what what is Star Wars? What we think Star Wars is... And what Star Wars needs to look like and feel like in the future, Carlos? You want to go with this one first?
3: Sure, man. Uh, to me, this is uh, Star Wars is space fantasy. It's not it's not pure science fiction uh, like, say, a uh, Star Trek would be. But um, it's it's more than just fantasy, where it's. There's also the um, the trope of of family uh, or like just a, a close knit groups like rebellions or or stuff of that nature uprisings, yes, and uh, I think it'll always have that feel. That's that's the feel Star Wars should always have.
0: The underdog against the big guy
3: not maybe maybe it's the big guy against uh an evil uprising so maybe they're not always the underdog but they're tested
0: is that uh, not what we have right now so to speak was was the Re- new republic the big guy with the first order as this violent upstart as big as they are
3: the republic was probably just as big but the resistance was a tiny faction of the Republic. Mm-hmm. Uh, that I mean, at least to my mind. yeah. I don't think anybody would disagree with that. It's a, but,
0: it's a tiny group.
3: Yeah. So, um, where the First Order was trying to s- seize control from the Republic, uh, the Resistance was trying to stand in their way. But I... I, I it was kind of clunky. Like I, the more and more I talk about it, the harder it is for me to digest episode seven. But like, besides the point, when where we are right now, uh, yeah, it's the tiny band of rebels, uh, kind of like uh, what it initially was in seventy seven. So you have that, but it could be it could be a, re- a role reversal. It could be the evil trying to. Trying to attack the powerful, uh, kind of like how it was in the prequel, with Palpatine infiltrating the actual government to take it over. Right. So it always has. There's always going to be that struggle between light and dark. And I know a lot of a lot of us were were, uh, you know, probably banking too much on the last Jedi to, to feature a lot more of the gray. Um. But the essence of true storytelling is always going to be good and evil, and how to blur those lines during the actual uh, story to make it more interesting. That's it, man. That, I don't need to see. I would like to see lightsabers. I don't need them. now,
0: that, now that's I, that, that's interesting to me, and that, I, I think there's gonna there's gonna be you know fifty different ways we could have a conversation of what some people need to see and versus what they don't want to see. Now, Corey, what, what is star Wars to you? Well, first of all, like
2: I, I'm on the same page as you Helen, in the sense that I'm very intrigued by what, what Ryan Johnson is saying here, because he's actually, he's realizing these things and he's, he's asking the hard questions and it, it's kind of a daunting task when you look at it in that regard. Like this isn't a standalone film. If it's a standalone film, can kind of ride a different wave, so to speak. But this is a saga film now. It's his own saga, his own trilogy. Uh, So that has to be a little more deeply embedded within Star Wars lore, so to speak, in my opinion. Uh, That being the case, it's, I mean, it's such a vast galaxy in terms of both space and time, really. Uh, So technically, they can kind of do anything they want moving forward. Like it go forward in time, backward in time. Uh, but I guess at its heart, like Star Wars, like Carlos had said, kind of on the same page in the sense that it's a, it's an opera, it's, it's sci-fi, it's also a big part of its fantasy uh, choices. At its heart, it is the battle of good versus evil. It doesn't necessarily, like Carlos said, have to be a rebellion versus an empire or something. Um, that The good versus evil, the choices they make uh, paired with just incredible visuals, characters vehicles and settings uh, just played out on this grand galactic scale like I think that's something that needs to <laughs> they need to hang on to And that's what it is basically right now I would think that at its heart
0: yeah I think so I you know Star Wars has kind of always been about uh, hope and you know, uh, facing oppressors defeating oppression uh, the hero's journey that's certainly been core to everything and I think Hero's journey is definitely going to be part of any any Star Wars movie that they crank out. Redemption's been a big part of it, uh, like you said, Corey. Family and there's the whole you know action, adventure, drama, romance, comedy, all that stuff. That's the, yeah, that's that's part of it too. Uh, you know, groups of heroes on these crazy adventures, and then you have like uh, more intimate solo stories. You know, like personal quests, like like Luke was, like Ray's on. And there's all you know, usually like the big galactic, the grander story in the background. I, I do they keep that structure? Does that need to be something they continue to roll with?
2: Again, it, to me, it really depends if it's a, like this saga or trilogy, whatever, as compared to a a solo story. You know what I mean, like a a standalone like there's kind of a difference to me there like standalones can kind of do whatever they want more or less but i would think that something that saga three films gotta have something force related here
0: yeah the, i yeah that's one of the, the things that you know by design the force is part of everything kenobi tells us that in episode or in a new hope it It binds the galaxy together, so there's no way you can have Star Wars without the force. And I don't think there's any way you can have Star Wars ah, can you do without the Jedi? I guess if you go in, yeah, I guess if you go in the future and Ray doesn't yeah, I suppose. I mean, I guess you could go in either direction and come to a t- period in time where there are no Jedi. I can uh, see
2: them uh, going uh, back in time, to the point where the Jedi first arise. Because we've talked about this here on the pod as well. Um, think about it, like especially on a galactic scale. Imagine this, like just societies rising and falling over these great lengths of time on a galactic scale. Again, so like who knows where they are right now on their own galactic timeline? Uh, like basically, I I I would like to assume that in millennia prior they were much more advanced you know these things got lost along the way and all kinds of crazy stuff happened that you know I i don't
0: think this is the peak of that society and carlos i think you wanted to jump in there
3: yeah i was just gonna say like uh, as far as uh how far uh, like i really don't believe brian is going to be going to the future uh, because then, what it does is a kind of um it handstrings future writers to bridge that gap, uh, kind of like what what happened with the legends over the years, uh, the expanded uh, universe.
0: I mean, so unless I unless he jumps will- like you know a thousand years into the future, then he leaves a healthy enough time gap to do whatever.
3: Sure, and then yeah, then there could be force users uh using uh something other than a lightsaber and and all that stuff but the force is still prevalent right uh in that galaxy yes so uh, it's tough man it's really it's really hard to say cuz a part of me says give me you know the beginning of the jedi give me uh you know the rise of the sith or the 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 wars between the Jedi and Sith before the rule of two, like there's so much that could be that could be talked about, but then why not give us something completely off the charts, like something that's never ever ever been tracked before?
0: That's what I think like, he wants to do.
3: Yeah, and and it it's it's there's you could go two ways with it. Okay, it's a good thing because you can't judge it against anything else exactly okay and it's a bad thing because people might not find it familiar
0: it's the double-edged sword and that's that's yeah. the fine line that he has to walk because there are still people in this fandom and I'm not saying it's wrong or, or something to be criticized but it's something to definitely be noted and then you know evaluated on a personal level that if you're still in this because you want it you want these movies to make you feel like you felt in 1977 or whenever you first saw these movies, that's a really tough ask. You're never going to have that feeling again. You're never going to be an impressionable seven-year-old again. So I don't think it's entirely fair to hold the current set of movies or this future set of movies to those standards. It's just,
3: it's not fair. I don't think. Uh, This is the best analogy I can give. Remember your first day uh, walking into high school, remember how big you thought that school was? Sure. And you remember how small it was <laughs> when you graduated? Yes.
0: Now, mind you, listen. I'm t- I'm talking about a high school that consisted of 150 people total.
3: No, okay. But <laughs> my high my high
0: school was no. That there
2: big was 500 super. kids.
0: Uh, I don't think so.
5: Yeah,
2: man.
0: There was like 35 people swabbles. in my graduating Thanksgiving,
3: class. Thanksgiving boys.
0: <laughs> Anyway,
3: anyways, it doesn't doesn't matter. My my high school was small as well, but I remember when I first walked in there, thinking, "This is like, this is not elementary school. Like, this is not the same thing." Um, and then by the time I left, like, it it felt like it was crowding me. Like, I needed to get out of there. So it's the same. It's the same nostalgia nostalgia is nice to look back on okay but it really doesn't give you anything besides feelings that you've once felt and there is value it, there yeah there is value there if you look back on it with fond memories um but you do not grow there's no growth from nostalgia
0: no, no there, there is not there's
3: nothing about that and and the older i get uh, and the more st- uh, stuff I go through you realize that you could you could you could stay stagnant for a long time in your life but the the essence of what life should be is to continuously grow because your body stops growing at a certain point but your mind should never stop growing so, if, if people want to latch on to Star Wars as, oh, it's that thing, like uh, those uh, all-white Nike high tops or, <laughs> uh, you know, uh, jean jackets uh, with uh, patches on the back. Like, okay, that's what you you want to go back there. Maybe you're not satisfied with what life is giving you now or life is too hard maybe – you find comfort in nostalgia, but you cannot expect the world around you to stop growing as well. That's a great it's, point. It's a hard, yeah. Uh, that's just my, well, my that's, two cents.
2: That's that's where like TLJ kind of comes in here. Like uh, what Ryan had to do to this film, what a lot of people don't fully like give him enough credit for, in my opinion, just having to shake things up, being that guy that sacrificed, like whatever he. What he what he wrote was when you really get down to the core of things, what needed to happen to Star Wars to move forward. He did it in such a wonderful way, and he also opened all kinds of new doors to um in ways to look at the Force, n- not only for h- uh, himself but other writers as well. Like now, everyone can kind of reinterpret things, kind of you know what I mean, and put their own spin on these things as long as Pablo says yes. <laughs>
0: Well, yeah, I mean, that's always a, again, that's also a two-edged, a double-edged sword. Like you just, in the, in the hands of a, of, of a bad writer, who knows what, what somebody could come up with just because, well, Ryan, Ryan gave me a lot of rope. So look what I'm going to do. And it's just, it's the equivalent of, of vomiting against the wall, you know, but again, all these things will be subjective, but I, you know, I really think that, uh, oh, go ahead, Corey, finish up.
2: Well, I was just going to say that's another th- thing that I think we're going to see moving forward as well is that things aren't going to be so cut and dry. Like we've said that should be a big part of Star Wars is the good and the light, light, uh, the good versus evil and the light versus dark. But it seems like a lot of lines are being blurred right now. A lot of that gray area of, uh, you know, and then that leads to interesting storytelling as well. Like everyone's got something going from a certain point of view, right?
0: Yes. But again, like The Last Jedi – Hinted that maybe it was going to do a lot of that gray stuff, but then really didn't. It's still good versus evil, black hat, white hat. It's 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 not that at all. So I wonder if if that's part of Star Wars' appeal is you know the, the very stark nature of the good and the evil, and you know you, you always know who's who, except you know there's always somebody who you don't know. It's that one of those pivot characters you don't know where they're going to go, but generally, it's the good guy versus the bad guy. But, you know, I think once, you know, once Ryan starts firing up his machine, I I think there's potential for a lot of older Star Wars fans specifically to sort of stop the elevator and say, this is where I get off. And they'll say like, this isn't Star Wars to me anymore. This doesn't feel like George Lucas's stuff. And that will be fine. You know, like like I said, there's, there's, you know, uh, if you're looking for Star Wars to keep replicating uh, those no- nostalgic feelings—that's kind of cool. That's that's fine. Like you, you we have got forty years of stuff to do that, but it can't keep doing that. Like we're a generation of of fans that grew up on this stuff, and it makes us feel like kids to a certain extent to to keep reliving these things. You know, here here I am collecting the vintage collection specifically because the packaging e- evokes you know some of the greatest moments from my childhood in buying Star Wars toys. But I, I, you know, I'm at the point now where I don't want these stories to be mirrored anymore. I don't want the symmetry. I, I, I want them to just do different stuff, tell a, a completely off the, you know, off the reservation type of story. I don't need them to sort of, oh, remember when the, you know, Ryan did this in this episode. It, it's, it's a lot like what happened in A New Hope. I don't need that anymore.
2: Sy- it, symmetry within the same saga is okay, I would think, but. That's kind of poetic, but yeah, I'm on the same page, man. Like, let's let's get a little something different here.
0: And you know, it's, it's something that I was hammering in in the lead up to to the Last Jedi. I kept saying on the podcast, we need to be prepared to be uncomfortable with this movie. Like, Ryan Johnson seems to be doing some really weird stuff. I think we need to prepare to squirm in our seats a bit. And be, I think people kind of, oh, yeah, okay. And then when they actually sat down to go see the movie, they were squirming in their seats, going. Whoa! I wasn't ready for this. Nobody warned me, and I'm not saying like oh, I did you dummies. I'm just saying like <laughs> we need to be prepared for this for Star Wars, and we need to give Star Wars that latitude to tell a new story.
2: It can't. And all the all the clues were right there in front of us as well. It was just we we've been breaking this down week after week, sometimes twice a week, three times a week, and we still didn't get it right. I didn't hear many people get it. I didn't hear anyone who got really got it right. Like this was just so unexpected, but at the same time, so needed.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So needed. So, you know, episode nine is going to do whatever it does and it's going to, I'm sure that will also touch on some old uh, story points that go back 40 years. That's great. Wrap that up. And I I think we also can't forget that Filoni doing something. Favreau's doing something. And the Game of Thrones guys are up to something. If they want, if there's a certain segment of the pie here that is specifically intended to kind of stoke those nostalgic fires, maybe that's part of the plan. Maybe you know, uh, Lucasfilm is gonna want to just be all things to everybody. Maybe they think they can do that. You know, maybe they can say, we can keep the older generation happy by here's Jon Favreau's series. It's set in the OT era. You guys are going to love this. And for everybody who wants things to go forward, here's Ryan Johnson. He's the perfect guy to do that. You know, like maybe that's why there's so many different branches of this tree that are now sprouting everywhere. It's true, yeah. A little that's smart marketing plan. Is it though? Is it is it muddying your brand? Is it uh No, I think everyone's
2: going to do still like everyone's going to want to have their own spin on things. Like is not going to like fully emulate something else and everyone's going to want to like look what Faloni did with rebels like come on man that was so unique so different i think everyone's going to want to have their their name attached to star wars in that regard as well
0: well i think so but let's talk about some like specific iconography here so things like x-wings and tie fighters and you know the imperial versus rebel aesthetic they're all things that are immediately identifiable and that right away, you see it, boom! That's Star Wars. You look, you look at it, you get it. Uh, you know Vader's mask, totally iconic. You get it. So now, Ryan Johnson, does he does he have the job now of creating, coming up with designs that are going to be just as iconic, without competing with or hearkening too much to or looking too much like like? How does he do this? How do you? create what's his tie fighter going to look like i'm not saying he's going to do a tie fighter but what's his equivalent to that does he even have fleets of ships against each other is that part of the recipe i i would think yes right do you think you need to have the good guys have their spaceships the bad guys have theirs that's got to be part of this right i think
3: i I think in in a in a movie you kind of have to have uh, at least a, a sense of grandeur, where, as a television show, could be set in in a specific location. Uh, that so so Ryan's job, I believe, is harder than let's say um, Favreau's job would be, or or Dave Filoni's job, because when you're, st- I'm not going to use the word stuck because. It's not appropriate, but like the, the the grandeur and the scale of of a trilogy. You know what? Maybe the first movie could be set in one place, and then it, you know, then the next movie takes us out elsewhere. But you have you have to the fight has to be taken elsewhere, or else it, it, it just. It, it doesn't feel like a saga it doesn't feel like a trilogy you know what i mean
0: absolutely yeah i know exactly what you mean like what star wars movie is set in one place but at, at some point in this history of the galaxy hyperspace didn't exist so people were landlocked on on one planet or if you know if they lived in a place in the space where you could travel to another planet and get there slowly but you know you could arrive there and in it in a couple of weeks at, at regular speed like that that at some point that was a thing and maybe you, you would not be wise to choose that era to tell a story in or would you is that an avenue is does that open up a, a possibilities for the, for these vital new stories that Ryan's looking to tell i don't know it's it's really tough but i don't know how you i don't know how you go about the job we we talked off the top of the show like your dream gig and having a panic attack and throwing up all over the place. I think this would be it for me. Like, having to come up with Star Wars that is entirely new would make me want to just soil myself multiple times over. This is this is a, a task that is equal parts terrifying, absolutely terrifying, and exhilarating. But man oh man, how do you do this, Corey? How do you make it look like Star Wars without it being derivative?
2: Gets you kind of keep you gotta keep it a little original, like for example, playing in the past. If he goes into the past, I've said just not too long ago, the past can still be more scientific or technical or more advanced. Now, I think that's can be represented, especially from a, a force perspective in rebels. Look what we're learning about temples and holocrons and all this stuff. Like, the Jedi that we know of in the Clone Wars, they don't seem to know about this stuff. Like, look at the power of that temple on Malachor in the Twilight of the Apprentice. Look at the power of that temple on Lothal. I mean, we can't get into that too much, but what that could possibly mean, like, traveling through space-time, astral planes, like... This was something that was actually under control at one point by these, pras, uh, these past practitioners of the force. Like that's something that got lost over time,
4: mm-hmm.
6: but
2: it's it's there. Like there's there's all kinds of like crazy things that can still be done. Like just because it's the past means absolutely nothing from a technical standpoint. So again, the the canvas is blank in that regard.
0: Does he need to lean on anything that's established? And I don't mean like the force. Uh, I'm talking about like, let, let, let's take a planet like Jedha, which at one point was home of the Jedi. And we've, we've spent parts of one movie there. Does he need to lean on something like that or connect to it in some way? Does he need to connect to anything in these, these current set of movies? Or should he be 100% untethered?
2: He could be 100% on tether, but at the same time, it'd be nice to maybe have reference to like an acto or a Jedha as well. It'd be nice to see things somewhat connected, but he can definitely do something that's completely on the other side of the galaxy. Like it's a huge place and it's been a really long time. So just there's so much information out there that's been lost over time for sure that he can do whatever he wants and it'll all. It'll make sense to me, no matter what time period it's in.
0: (laughs) I'm going to like it because it says Star Wars.
2: No, I'm just saying, like, I'd be open-minded to, you know, like I said, if things were more technical and more advanced, like, okay, even though it's 50,000 years ago, I'm going with it.
0: Yeah, I I can roll with that kind of, whatever. Like, again, like we said, it's fantasy. It's not science fiction. And if, if things were even more built up. Uh, okay explain to me how that worked and what happened to it all oh man like it's it's gotta be terrifying right like what can you leave behind what can you say goodbye to in star wars that we know of that you don't have to bring forward
2: constant oppression and i know we we just talked about that we said it's like a theme within but constant oppression and like a grand empire versus rebellion. Like I think, from a certain point of view, we can kind of go away from armies against one another. Can you though? Like it, you could still represent good versus evil in different ways. You know, like.
0: Well, that that's why Star Wars kind of always operates on those two different fronts, right? Like I said, there's there's always like the personal. There's always Luke versus Vader, but then you always have the Empire versus rebellion. So you get these two dueling uh storylines going at 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 one another Uh, one feels epic and grand and the other is personal and powerful like
2: but then then again that's that's why i'm saying like you gotta think deep like that because that's what he's doing right now most likely as well and it's just gonna be a rehash of the same thing right like if it's always just you know force user war on one side you can't it can't always be that
0: yeah. I mean, by default, like I'm trying to get away from that and my brain is defaulting to it. So how hard must it be to actually make this stuff official? I can't even imagine uh, the pressure of doing this. Oh, God. But I'm I'm totally stoked for what he's doing. I think he's the right guy to, to have his finger on uh, on this trigger. Yeah, 100 percent. You down, Carlos?
3: I'm, uh, yeah, of course.
0: <laughs> I think we're yeah we're all singing from the same songbook here. I, I know that there are others who who definitely do not agree. Um, I don't know somebody's got to do it. Somebody's got to move Star Wars forward and get it away from people. Frankly, people like us who have who have, you know have been rooted you know by habit by years and decades of of habit with these stories. They need to just push it forward and and and. Give it new life. Otherwise, it's going to die on the vine. People are going to stop caring if it's the same rehashed story with with new faces.
2: It's always an uphill battle <laughs> for any of the writers, directors.
0: Well, I guess so, yeah. And especially at this point, right? Like, everything is just so fragmented and people are just digging so hard so quickly. But, uh, yeah, I mean, like I said, somebody's got to got to pull this trigger somebody's got to move it all on a different track we cannot keep going around in circles it, like they, they're using the word waxworks now it's a good word
2: i like that a lot yeah not frozen in time
0: yeah, you just you just can't keep rubber stamping the, the same stuff it's it's gonna get really really stale anyway that's that's why i think uh you know the theme that he hits on with, with Broomboy. i think at the heart of star wars that's what it is that anybody can make a difference. I think that is one thing that will, I think maybe always carry forward
2: for sure. And like that fire that Luke lit by having done what he did and that story being told to that kid and him looking up at the stars and beautiful. Yeah. So anyway, I,
0: I'm sure we'll, we'll touch back on this as time goes on, but it it, this is another thing. Actually, you know what, before we move on, what about something like the opening crawl and the, the Star Wars main theme? Does that have to go when Ryan Johnson kicks off his new set of, of, of movies? Or is that something you go, no, that's, you keep that because that is an easy thing to plug into the beginning of the film to let us know what we're dealing with. And then you can break away or, or do you, do you burn the boats and it's, it, it, it's, it's all gone. No more main title, change the Star Wars logo. All of it goes. Carlos, what do you think?
3: I don't know, man. It's hard. Uh, like, when uh, Rogue One started with the... Uh, a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. Like, like, that. there's that familiarity there. And then it just cuts. Bam. Like, you're going to a planet. It's kind of... It was jarring. It, it was jarring. So... Um, it, does it have to have the, the, the main theme? I think with the fact that John Williams is retiring after episode nine allows them to hire a new uh, composer uh, composer to come up with something just as grand but different. It's, it,
0: but it's again, it's gonna be an impossible standard to live up to, right?
3: Yeah, you can't. Well, it depends. It depends. If, if every Star Wars movie starts with a long time ago and a galaxy far, far away, I, I think I could see myself getting used to that, as opposed to what it was for me in my childhood when I would hear the twentieth century Fox drum roll it always made me think that star wars was happening there was that like that symbiosis between the 20th century fox logo the drum roll and that little space of time before the star wars logo appears on the on the screen but they have to do this for a new generation we are not the new generation i think we need to we need to wrap our heads around it that there are Way more kids, uh, way more people from the younger generation that will enjoy Star Wars for a far longer period than we will.
0: Yeah, they, they they are going to, I mean, again, they're trying to target everybody and they have the means to do so. But we are sort of, we've moved past, I guess for, to use a sports terminology, we are kind of on, on the back nine of our fandom. There's going to come a point, at some point, where either we 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 just say, you know what, I've had this in my life for fifty years. I'm quite done with Star Wars. And, and I I love it, but I have other things in life. I'm you know I'm fifty, sixty years old now. There are other things in my life I want to sink that much time and passion into other than these movies. They've had enough of me. That's going to happen to a large portion of of fandom of people our age give or take you know five ten years and you're right like there's a huge segment of kids who are just coming along now and just awakening to this world of possibilities they're going to be targeted and disney and lucasfilm are going to want to look at these people as customers of theirs for 50 years as opposed to us who might have 20 years left so they've got to target them in in ways that you and i don't care for like we are still kind of analog people although we we were just as digitally inclined as anybody but there are people growing up who don't know what a rotary phone looks like and who who interact with the world on a different level they're gonna disney is gonna target those people in a way that may never reach us at some point that is going to happen you you and i and all the people listening to this podcast at some point are going to be considered sort of a secondary portion of the demographic. And we will and, be relegated.
4: And,
3: and, oh yeah, and, and not only that, think, think about this, okay? There are kids out there who grew up, okay, their, their first idea of Batman was the Christopher Nolan trilogy. Sure. And that type of storytelling and that type of movie... Okay, now you turn back 25 years to 1990 when the Michael Keaton, Tim Burton Batman happened. Our generation, that was our first glimpse of a Batman movie.
0: That was anyone's first real
2: glimpse aside from Batman 66. He was, was, yeah,
0: Michael Keaton was the real Batman. Tim Burton made that dark and gritty and realistic and not that silly thing that our parents watched in 1966.
3: Exactly, but you cannot compare the storytelling and 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 the 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 imagery of that Batman to the Christopher Nolan trilogy. It's just quality-wise on every level is so much better.
0: Yeah, it, it's so yeah, these kids they, they can't are be growing compared.
3: Up, yeah, they can't be compared. So these kids, that generation is going to expect that from a new star wars do not expect 1977 star wars it will never happen
2: well, It was a once-in-a-lifetime it thing this yeah, all spawned that right. this all spawned out of music but I, i'm in a disagreement a bit here like when it comes to the music it's classic and music is timeless like think of your kids our kids even my kid he loves the star wars theme everyone loves that theme And you can kind of just have variations of, and I hope they move forward with that. Like, I don't want to hear some, I don't know, some new track, but like like Carlos said, like the fact that John Williams is going to retire, it's their opportunity to try something new. But personally, I'd rather them pay homage to him and Star Wars in general and just use variations of that theme moving forward.
3: And You know what? There's a lot of uh, what you're saying is not wrong like i give a lot of credence to that point of view as well uh i just look at it from the standpoint of who are going to be buying the movie tickets and well, like
2: put it this way right. i don't want us. like a uh, beyonce and jay-z doing a star wars no like, uh,
0: no
3: no it has to be symphonic it has to be something
0: it will always be symphonic I'm i'm confident to say that it yeah. will always be a symphony
3: yeah, so I think that's if that's the the um, the cutoff, then I think we're all in agreement. Like it has to be symphonic. Uh, I kind of agree with Corey in the sense that Star Wars is John Williams, but John Williams is he you we all know he's out. It's over. He already didn't do the music for Rogue One. He didn't do the music for Han Solo uh, except for writing Solo's theme. So, you know.
2: Let's, we've already got a taste of it now and like Yoda
3: it, it. tells us Yoda tells us okay this is what he says the true burden they they become no they surpass what we are that's the true burden of a master so he's he's pretty much telling us that the future generations will always be further ahead from where we are right now
2: Yes, we are what they grow beyond.
3: Yes, it, exactly. They grow beyond us pretty much. So there's, we have to, we have to take that and understand that we are not their target audience. They're not going to be selling tickets to us for the next 30 years. It's, I mean, pro- we, we probably will, but I mean, our generation.
0: Oh, at, at a certain point, like we might be sort like I said, we're, I think we're entering our back nine at this point, but I'm. Personally, I think I will probably be on this train for a long, long time to come, but I will be, like, riding the train. Like, I'm not going to be driving it. Uh, Disney is not going to be aiming at me. Like, can you picture yourself 20 years from now going into a Walmart looking for Star Wars toys? Maybe for my grandkids, (laughs) you know? Uh, I don't know if I will still be collecting Star Wars toys with you? (laughs) <laughs> you can, You cannot tell me twenty years from now you're st- you'll still be collecting Star Wars toys.
2: Well, I can't tell you. I really not. I haven't really thought about it, but I don't see the harm in it.
0: Like, what's the well, difference course, between? Of of, course of, course there's no harm. What, there is no. What's, what's the difference no between
2: someone that's forty and someone that's like pushing sixty? You you, know, will have like...
0: d- you will have different priorities. You will be looking to save for your retirement. You will be looking to maybe downsize your home. You're not going to want to be, just keep stuffing more Star Wars collectibles into it
2: downsize your home for more money save money for more star wars toys Uh uh-huh
3: yeah Corey. if you're gonna have to choose between uh tuna and cat food like i think you're not gonna buy the star wars toy like you know what i mean like retire when we get to retirement there's
2: yeah the fixed income whatever
3: it's a completely different thing
2: just get a little more selective.
3: Nah, nah, nah.
0: At some point, it ends. It it will stop at some point where you say, "This is the last Star Wars piece I will ever buy." When I'm dead, I, I don't know. Like, I think that the music thing is a good litmus test. It's a good primer conversation. Okay, fine. Like we've had this whole talk. Okay, what do you do with the opening title? Oh no, you got to keep that. Well, you've already <laughs> kind of hit a brick wall. We've already hit that first stumbling block to say, I. Maybe we. I don't know. I I think they should personally, but at the same time, I'm open to new
2: things. Like you know, if it works, it works. But
0: personally, again, I think I think everybody goes with that though. Like yeah, do something different as long as it's good. Don't screw it up. Like that's the thing, right? Like you could stick with the main title, and just say yes, that works. That's perfect, and
2: it is. Rogue One was
0: kind of different, you know, even though it was similar. Yeah, like you said, like they they should do the homage thing. But they—that was what Rogue One was, and it worked. Solo Two,
2: we saw it in the trailer too, on a totally different, like,
0: like yeah, sure. No, we're we're still we're speaking the same language here. It's just that when it comes to Ryan's new stuff and all these guys, their new stuff, I think the music thing is is a good. It encapsulates the whole discussion in in a very succinct way. Like, what do you do? Like, I think if you say, "Well, oh, you got to keep the main title; that must stay. You can change anything else, but keep that." I I don't know. It's it's really, man. It's going to be interesting to see because you don't know until you see it, right? Like or hear it. Mm. Anyway, yeah,
3: well. I tr- I, tr- I truly think that th- they've already had a, had a, had a test um, or a plan in place. And it's a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. That's that's it. I think every Star Wars uh, movie uh, to come will have that before. Um, for sure. But then after that, I don't know. It's, it's up all for grabs. I'd love to see uh, an opening crawl to set the scene. I mean, if it's a brand new trilogy, it's like, what is this about? Where are we? Who are the people?
0: Yeah. Like, again, that's that's all part of what I'm getting at. Like, the, do you need the crawl? Is that too derivative, or is that just part of the language of Star Wars? This is—it's just part of the DNA that you cannot scrub out.
2: Sagas, yeah. yes. Standalones, no.
3: Yeah, Rogue One didn't need a crawl. I think it was nope. quite quite clear as to what what was happening.
2: Solo doesn't need a crawl either.
3: No, definitely
0: not. No yeah see my, think my, my knee jerk op- my knee knee jerk is you no know, maintain the main title with the opening crawl but then I go am i am i holding things back i don't know and anyway, we, we could go in circles in this all night uh but we we have do you, is there anything pressing that you guys want to slip in before we go
2: well I think just if it's gonna be a saga film we didn't see it in the standalone or did we no no not yet anyhow but I think we will but either way in a saga Definitely need some space bars. Those are always good little uh, (laughs) venues for like, I don't know, just exploring the galaxy. You know, you see so many cool characters at uh, the cantina. Yeah, there's always a cantina.
0: Whether it's Canto Bight or or Maz's Place or the Outlander Club. Outrider Club? Outlander? Whatever it is. Yeah, you're right. There's always sort of that public place where everybody hops in the pool. Interesting discussion. I would love to hear anybody's Opinion on this. How. And. and You can. I don't think you can ever answer it truthfully. Until. You start seeing this new stuff. And what your. Your gut reaction is to it. When you see it. Is it like. Oh this is cool. I love the new direction. Or. That's not my Star Wars. I'm out. Let me know guys. I want to know. Is. Where. Where where do you come from. with, With regards to nostalgia. How important is that to you. Now. And five years from that when we're in the thick of this new era of star wars let me know let us know all right guys we have a packed binary sunset yet again some really good questions from the group can't wait to get to those but let's take a quick break and uh, we'll come back and tackle all those great questions
6: even chaps hope you are all good uh so question this week concerns the fantastic solo trailer that. Dropped on us a few days ago. I've had a look at it over and over and over again. I'm so, so looking forward to this film. I think it's going to be brilliant. Um, Genuinely, it looks so much fun. Um, and I think I've realised in watching it over and over again why I'm looking forward to it so much. And it's because of Chewy. I think. It's the chance to see such a lovable, fantastic character. Um, I know, Carl. You've got a real soft spot for him as well. Um, but it's a chance to see him in like a whole film, and and not to see him just in the background, which he's been in the last few films since uh, since Disney have have come back onto the scene with the with the films. So it's it's going to be really good to just see lots and lots of Chewie and his interactions with Han, and looking at the trailers. It would appear as if there are some shots that have changed. So there's a shot of Han sort of in the sort of fog, looking up, um, right up close to the Millennium Falcon. Almost as if that's the first time he's seen it, or maybe that's the first time since he wins it back from Lando. Um, And then in the new trailer, you see the same shot, but this time Chewie's there. So I wonder if Chewie's role in the film has changed. Um... I think there's another shot of uh, Han walking along the sand. And I'm pretty certain I've seen that shot again. Um, one with Chewie in the trailer and one previously without Chewie in it. So yeah, your thoughts on that. But I am super, super, super excited about the film. I think it's going to be great. Look forward to listening. Take care.
0: Bye. All There goes Ads with another great question this week about my boy Chewie. I will never argue with more Chewy, but I I agree. Adds, um, you know, more Chewy the better. So, guys, what do you think, Carlos? I'll come to you first. Has has Chewy's role in Solo a Star Wars story changed with because of you know, in light of these uh, these digitally altered shots from the teaser and the trailer that are different from one to the next? What what do you think's going on here?
3: I think it was just aesthetically. I think uh, I I don't believe that there's like a whole. Oh, we got to put more Chewie in for A, B, and C reasons. Um, I think Chewie was always going to be an important part of this movie. So no, I I, I, I'm not on board with the whole. um, uh, You know, we made a mistake. We need to put more Chewie in, or or anything of that nature. Um, He's 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 a uh, a classic character. He's. um, what's the, what's the word I'm looking for? A legacy character. A legacy. Exactly. A legacy Iconic. character.
0: Iconic.
3: Yes. <laughs> and. Uh, yeah. It might have been to. You know. What they do with all trailers. Nowadays. It's misdirection. Uh, you know. Maybe they wanted people to ask. Where's Chewie? It could be just as little as that. Yeah, I
0: I'm at a loss to explain this one. Corey, do do you have a take?
2: Well, first and foremost, I just want to say, i totally on the same page. Fully stoked for this film. So many questions. How did they meet? What's their relationship actually like at first glance? So yeah. Anyway, same page as Carlos as well. So many misdirects, especially what we know with these uh, uh, independent uh, standalone films. You know, uh, I didn't actually notice what you were saying the first till you had mentioned it. So I had to go back and rewatch them both, both different trailers, which I, I thank you for because they're both super awesome. Uh, so much footage to play with, even Lord and Miller footage. And again, the Mr. X, I, I don't think it's necessarily changed the story, if anything, like maybe added him in more. I don't think taking away. But uh, from what I gather, like, you know, we see Han making that deal with Beckett. So we it seems like they're already a thing at that point. So, yeah, I don't know how much the story was necessarily altered, but maybe some of the angles in the shots, like the one by the Falcon, uh, I think Chewie is still there. I think it's just a different angle, possibly, or a bit of a closer zoom in.
0: I don't know. It's it's really hard to say. Like I, I, I don't want to say I've, I've heard confirmation that the shots were digitally altered. But let, let, I, I, going with the assumption that they were, that they've decided to add more chewy I don't know what the reason for that would be like from from a teaser to a full trailer for the appearance of more chewy I don't get that like was it intentional because I, I as far as I know that Lucasfilm doesn't really do test footage for the public and so did you know somehow did they get more feedback at some point to say oh this 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 looks like it needs more chewy let's add more chewy I don't get it like it, it's very strange to me um, but I, I
2: would think if if no Chewie is there, which I think we do at that point again. By when he's meeting Beckett, it's like him and Chewie are already a thing. And I'm hoping like that hiatus hiatus period, wherever, whatever happens to Han in his youth, and you know maybe years in between go by, and him and Chewie are together, and then finally Beckett comes around, you know. Uh, that's kind of the feeling that I'm getting here. Like I I don't think anything changes like story wise from that. But yeah, I mean, if you know Chewie's around, like use him, man.
0: Well, yeah, but I well one of the good things about Chewie, and it might come into play in this movie, is that he's he's really an effective conduit of comedy. Like you know, like Han's always this buffoon who's who's kind of falling backwards into trouble and in and out of trouble for that matter. But Chewie's always there, standing to the side, like face palming, like this idiot's gonna get himself killed one day. Like, and you always know that Chewie is grunting some sort of insult or quip at Han. But you know we don't understand him, but we kind of get what he's saying, and that kind of makes it funnier. You know what I mean? Like, like, like in Jaws, when you don't see the shark, it makes it scarier. But when you, when you, when you don't know what Chewie's saying, it kind of makes it funnier because you can imagine what he's saying. Yeah, like um, R two. That too, exactly. Uh, I I, is it, it's, I guess it's possible that Ron Howard reshaped some of this script to include more Chewbacca. But then again, the, the, the teaser and the trailer both were cut under his watch. So his fingerprints are on, on it either way. And I, I, I don't think the movie was changed to add more Chewy, at least not to any significant degree, because I think Lord and Miller have a good enough uh, sense of humor and fun that they would have had enough Chewie in their version of the script anyway. Like I'd be really surprised if if they did not have if they whiffed on that so to speak. I don't know. It's 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 uh it's weird. I just don't know why they would have different shots featuring Chewie in some and not in the others. Maybe they wanted us to focus more on Han and the solo aspect of his journey. And now that we've got that, we can start to sprinkle in Chewy and hint at how important it is for him. But, man, it, it, what a weird thing. Like, what a way to think about layering this whole this whole story together. Very odd. You guys want to add anything else?
2: Yeah, I'm with everybody. Yeah, uh, more Chewy, the better.
3: Absolutely. Well, the only thing I need to add is uh, laugh it up, fuzzball.
0: There you go. <laughs> ads great question man i (laughs) i don't know if that's if those are good answers but uh, because it's it's essentially i don't know and we're just happy to see more chewy but everybody let us let us know let ads know what your thoughts are all right now we've got another bradley banter for this week let's check it out
7: hey guys bradley here with this week's star wars question so let's talk galaxy's edge the new star wars land that's being built at the disney world theme parks And it got me thinking about, um, what kind of simulation machines, uh, simulation rides that they are going to have at the parks. And, uh, let's pretend for a moment, let's say one of these, uh, simulation rides had a choose your own adventure top ride. And let's say it was a top of the line simulation machine. Once you were in the cockpit, strapped down, ready to go, um, And whatever adventure you chose was going to be, uh, I mean, just the best ever, you know, out of this world in a galaxy far, far away. Um, let's say it was just going to feel so real, so realistic. Um, I mean, it's, you know, I don't know what the word is to describe it, but it was going to be very lifelike. Yeah. Very, very real. Um, and like I said, you, you could choose your adventure. What would that adventure uh what would be the adventure that you would choose? Um would it be uh let's say like the pod races um that we have in episode one? Would it be uh maybe the asteroid field in Empire? Uh, you know, the Millennium Falcon flying through that. Um, what about the Death Star Trench? Um yeah, and and also the battle that goes along with that. Uh, what do you think about the second dev star about going through um, the corridors there and to and, and get to shoot down the main reactor of uh, the second dev star? or would it be uh, the speeders through indoor forest? Would that be? That would be pretty cool. Um, let's see. How about the uh, Crystal Caves, and um, that's what I call them anyway. I'm not sure what they what the actual term for them um, is in The Last Jedi. I think that would be pretty cool. Um, or even the uh, Graveyard at, at Jakku. Um, if you could get to, in a sense, um, pick uh, one of those, and it would basically... Uh, Recreate in a sense what we've seen in the movie, it, with the exception. You, I mean, you still get to make choices and stuff. But uh, which which one would you choose? Um, mine would be the. You know, I, I'm a big, huge uh, Star Wars fan. In the first Death, Death Star, I really like that uh, that trench run scene. I think that would be so cool and to have vader on my tail that would be that would be pretty neat and in the second Star as well i think that one is really cool um you know just the enormity of the whole thing and the scale and the and the speed and the how tight everything is i think that would be cool um but i'm going to lean towards the pod races i've always loved the pod races I thought that would be so cool to um to be in a simulator that gives you the sense of 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 being in that pod race. And I love how it has the different terrains, different uh you know, it's got the wide open, then it's got the caves, and then the dune canyons and, and uh and um and all that. I, I think that would be the coolest one uh That'd probably be the one I would choose. But, man, it's hard not to pick one that that would be in space. That would be so cool because that would be something, um, obviously, that I've never experienced. So, so I tried to answer um, as best I could the way uh, Corey would answer. So, there's my answer. Um, The other thing I want to talk about is the thing about Episode 9 and Leia. And... I kind of um, relate it to a cut and, uh, you know, Leia's death is a cut to us and we're pretty much putting on a band-aid on this cut and, you know, over time it's going to heal. And the way I think they should address it is um, not to... Uh, Make it any longer than it has to be, so let's take this band aid off quick, let's not systematically take it off you know inch by inch, and I think they would be doing that um if they recast the character, if they um c g i the character um let's let's not delay the uh inevitable um sting that it's gonna be when we see the movie. And I think the best way to do that is just to put it in the crawl, get it over with. Let's take that band-aid off real quick and then move on. You know, we're 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 on our way to getting past it and healing up. So that's my thoughts and feelings on that. As always, have a great podcast and have a great week. May the force be with you. Always. Bye.
0: And there goes Mr. Bradley W. Hall from Texas. Bradley, hope you're doing well, sir. Thanks for the voicemail. Um, guys, did you, did you guys see that test footage of Galaxy's Edge of that Falcon ride? I did. I, mean, it looks, I didn't. Oh, dude, it looks That's wild, good. man. Oh, if this is the start, I mean, this is, it's 2018. This is where it's starting. Like, where's it, what's it going to be like for the 50th anniversary of Star Wars? It's going to be absolutely absurd. Like where they are now. And Where it's going to be as a as a finished pro- polished product, it's going to be just just absolutely wild. But uh, I don't know, like, what, what do you guys think, Carlos? I'm going to come to you first, um, and then I'm going to answer, and then Corey's going to go last because Corey's going to take all the answers right up front, just like Bradley said. <laughs> uh, so me and Carlos are going to give our thoughts first, and then Corey can pick up all pick up on all of those and everything else that we missed in our net. Uh, so, Carlos, what is your Ideal Star Wars simulation slash ride. How how does that work?
3: Uh, For me, it's... um, I I took a while thinking about it because, I I mean, the the, the original Death Star, uh, the trench run, uh, is something that's, like... It's cool in the movie. um, But the more I thought about it, it's, I mean... There's danger, but it's not really that dangerous. And if I'm in a ride, I want to be scared. And scared of flying into the Death Star uh, to get to the uh, the reactor core uh, from a Jedi was way more intense. Yeah, so they, they, me, they took it up a notch. Yeah, I mean that's like, oh, we're losing we're losing space very fast like this could this could get ugly like oh we just lost that dish it, it that that for me is what i i would love to see as part of like um the my my vr experience i would love to feel that or yeah. ray piloting through the star destroyer from uh, the force awakens because you kind of get that almost that same feeling.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's hard to go wrong. Like, like Bradley went with the pod race. You can't really go wrong with a pod race. I mean, that that would be super cool as well. There, I don't know that there's really a bad answer at all in this, unless you choose sort of like uh, I don't know what would be a a, a really bad answer. <laughs> I'll take uh, I'll take a ride on the Jawa Sandcrawler.
3: Uh, That's a bad <laughs> answer. Sailing through the planet core to get to Naboo. Oh like, man, oh boy, that was pretty it. intense, I actually. It. I found it. Oh, those stupid sea creatures, get the hell out of here! <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I was tempted to go with the chase through Coruscant, the Obi Wan version of that, dangling from a droid.
3: Oh, from Episode Two, yes. Yeah, like
0: how, that would be kind of cool. Like if they could actually get it to the point where you hang from like this monkey bar type thing. And they just hammer you in the face with the wind machine, and they have all the simulated stuff going on around you. That could be pretty cool. Like, I would be down to try something like that. But ultimately, I went with the Battle of Scarif. Like, I just, there's so much going on in that battle with the Shield Gate, and you have Star Destroyers and TIE Fighters. There's there's just, it just looks so good. To me, it's the best looking space battle in Star Wars. So to take part in that in a VR uh, setting would be incredible. And it would like imagine you could do it from the cockpit of the ghost. Or or just Oof. as that would be amazing or yeah, like to see the ghost in action around you as part of that VR experience. So that's that's where I would go, Battle of Scarif. There's just so many that's opportunities for dynamic uh, interactions with the environment whether you like flying up close to a star destroyer to engage it or you know, flying through the structure of, of Shield Gate. There there's just so much cool stuff that you could do. Corey, what, what, and
3: then it ends it ends that you're in the hallway of the of uh of the Rattis, trying to get to the tent uh the four and then the hallway goes black and then Vader's lightsaber turns on.
0: That would be wild.
3: Yeah, that is it that'd be sick. <laughs>
0: All right, so that's my call for now. I, it's subject to change at any time. But, uh, Corey, what, what's yours?
2: All right, so I was going to say, Bradley, the trench run. Like you guys said, it would be a rush, but <clears throat> it's too linear. Not enough movement for me. Uh First and foremost, I definitely went space. I so said it had to be space. The pod race would be cool, but, I mean, yeah, it'd be so cool. That's all I can really say, but definitely I have to be, you know, plane or some kind of vehicle in space. and. Uh, a couple that came across my mind. Scarif was on the short-lived list. Uh, Battle of Hoth could have been a pretty cool one. You know, flying against the at that would be pretty sick. But uh, in the long run, I went with Carlos in the sense of uh, Return of the Jedi. Battle above Endor, like, just... Oof. It, it's kind of like the Battle of Scarif in a way, right? Except, you know, then you get to fly through the... Like, uh, the, the tunnel that gets to the Death Star, like, it's so yeah. intense. It'd be so there's, cool.
3: There's three separate missions happening uh, in both, right? So.
2: Yeah, there's all kinds of stuff going on, like, but, like, definitely, like, the space regard, like, the flying, like, intense fly- <laughs> for firepower. Ah! <laughs> like, <laughs> but, yeah, it, you, here's you need like...
0: that speed sensation, right? That's That's got to be the big selling point. Because like, it'd be cool to do, like, a ground assault type thing, Endor style, or... Like the ground portion of of Battle of Scarif, but yeah, the speed thing is maybe something that you would never get to experience otherwise.
2: How's this for a little bit of a loophole answer in the Dragnet Kessel Run?
0: Yeah, well, yeah, we don't know yet, right? Yeah, I, I was I was gonna say like to, to close it up. Like, I'll be really disappointed if we go through solo and episode nine and we don't have a bunch of new entrants to this list. You know, Kessel Run being chief on that list and and whatever jj jj's got to come up with something cool in episode nine that we would add to this list i'd be very very disappointed if we didn't have new answers you know a year and a half from now
3: i hope he does i just hope
0: (laughs) oh i i i have i have faith i have a certain degree of faith in jj there so there we go that's our, our simulated star wars adventure And then Bradley, second question um, about putting Leia's death, dealing with that in the opening crawl. Uh, You guys know that I, where I stand, I'll I'll get, I'll come back to my answer more fully, but Corey, where where do you stand on that particular point?
2: Uh, I really honestly don't have an answer. Like I just feel for Lucasfilm, Disney, the entire production crew, like uh, it's a lose lose for them, no matter what they just, honestly, they might not have a choice. It could be dealt with in other ways, but at this point it seems like they've really made their bed and they're sticking with that. Uh, well they, I think they, they talk themselves why.
0: right into a corner right off the bat, right?
2: Yeah, it seems that way. Like, you know, granted again, it's it's a very still it's very touchy subject. I've kind of walked my comments back a bit because I was all on the Carrie Fisher train, like, oh, she is Leia. It's respect, it's this, it's that. But again, I think from beyond the grave, she would be shouting, like, finish this character's story. I think it's a big, big, big reason why Trevorrow's off the, the script. Uh, who knows? If if they want to walk it back, now's the time. Like, they can't wait too, too long to have said, okay, we, we've given JJ a, a green light to do something. Like, I personally believe that, you know, I think Kyle's kind of convinced me in that regard that, I'd like her story to be a little more significant unless JJ's got something really significant up his sleeve. But Bradley makes a good point. If they don't, then it's kind of almost got to be done in the crawl with followed by a funeral. Almost like and had said, like just got to get it out of the way.
0: No, I think no matter what they do, they've got to do it right away. Like there's no way they're going to, recast, which was which would be my preference, and tell Leia's full story, which honors the character more than any other option. They're just not gonna do that. There'll be too many unhappy campers. Um there I don't know. There there's the crawl, doing it in the crawl to me feels like uh, too quick and dismissive. Unless you follow it like with Aunt Vesuvi's um suggestion of of holding a, a funeral on New Alderon that can potentially work. You know, it, the, the, the third paragraph of the crawl, which usually just brings you right into the movie. Maybe that is, is about Leia's death and leads us to her funeral. I don't know. Like I said, Corey, there's, there's no good option. Uh, I, I just hope whatever they do, it's not rooted in a place of coddling us OT fans for the reasons we spoke about, you know, uh, in the main segment of the show, in 20 years from now, us OT fans will be looking to whittle away, whittle some some rocking chairs for our retirement. And there'll be a new generation of fans looking to, to engage with the story in, in other ways. So I don't know. It's it's really tough to say. Carlos, what do you think?
3: Uh, um, I always thought that with the way they um, boxed themselves in, it had to be done in the crawl. That, that's I just didn't see any other way um they didn't want to do the CG route they didn't want to recast what else are you' gonna do you're not gonna let it, the movie start and be halfway through and then oh yeah Leah died like that's <laughs> you can't no it, it yeah it, so it has to be pretty much in the crawl or general Leia ship, uh, is uh, arriving on so-and-so planet to try to recruit them to join the fight, and then that ship blows up.
0: Yeah, that, the, f- the First mean... Order sneak attacks and destroys yeah. the ship and just shocks exactly. you.
3: Yeah, but uh, either way, Leia has to be in the crawl. There's 100%. There's no doubt about it.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's this question, this very question is going to overshadow all discussion of episode nine leading up to the movie's release and probably how, you know, thereafter it's probably going to be the biggest thing that we talk about. And I, I don't think that's what Lucasfilm wants, to be honest with you. They, they do not want us talking about this controversial point. Like they want us to right now, they want us to speculate about, well, they right now they want us to focus on solo, but, um, once they, they, Solo's out of the way and we start focusing on episode nine, they're going to want us speculating on what's in the movie. Let's get excited about all that stuff. They're not going to want fandom on pins and needles, you know, thinking about something that has no good option anyway. All of us getting mad at each other and talking about who's going to screw up and how angry I'm going to be.
2: Who knows, though? Like, they got the best minds in the world kind of working for them as well. You know, like, we didn't expect what happened in The Last Jedi. And we were, again, we speculated forever, and we were still surprised. So I'm really hoping that they can, whatever they're going to do, they're going to do her justice and the fans' justice.
0: I think that, I wonder if they're going to leak this info first. Whether, uh, maybe not straight up leak it, or 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 maybe just like full-on tell it. Here's how we're dealing with Leia, and it's going to be, I don't know that they would give us all the details, but they would just come out and say Leia will be dealt with you know, in the first few moments of the film. Like they may want to do that. Yeah,
3: I agree one hundred percent. I believe that to be the best course of action in the sense that there's no there's no use in in playing this close to the vest. There's you don't gain anything from that whereas you might actually um prepare people for what they're gonna see in the film beforehand and it won't be as jarring to them.
0: Well yeah that that's just it like prepare people whether they like it or not here's what we're here's how we're doing it. Again, not specifically you don't have to get deep into details, especially if it's going to be something that drives the rest of the movie. But you can say you know, Leia will be dealt with in the film's first 10 minutes you know if you if you say something like that at least then everybody knows and and we can say okay this is this is the choice they've made we can talk about it now and move on let's just talk about what the rest of the 2 hours will be like instead of that question just being the only thing on people's mind i think they might want to do that i think th- i think they may do that actually i would i would not be surprised at all and i bet you they have contacted several PR firms about this. Like, how should we deal with this?
3: Oh yeah, definitely.
0: And I'm sure Disney has a huge PR department themselves. I bet you they've contracted others and saying, how do we handle this? What would you do? And I, I, I'm not in the PR world, but I, I have friends who are, and they always suggest to their clients of being honest, no matter the situation, just be honest, get out in front of it and tell the truth. And of course, most of the time that advice is rejected because people want to save face or or hide from the truth. Uh, But generally speaking, the the truth always comes out and uh, you want to be on the right side of that. So I think Lucasfilm, if they're smart, I think they may want to leak this to fans and say, here's here's how we're dealing with this, guys. Hash it out now. Have your cry now. uh, And then once episode nine starts, go have fun.
3: Yeah, no distractions. Exactly. So there you
0: go. So there's a roundabout way of answering your question, there, Bradley. Um, for me, yeah, I think I think crawl is maybe too premature, but I think you can allude to it and then deal with it in the opening bits of the movie. Not my preferred choice. I would always like to see Leia's story played out in full, but uh, I'm I'm not going to get that, so uh, I, I must move on. All right, Bradley, thank you, sir. All right, now let's let's hear from Stubaka. This doesn't happen often and I I've, I've actually unfortunately had to kick this can down the road a couple of times. It's a good question and I wanted to make sure it had the time it deserves. So uh, this comes from Stubaka, actually a colleague of his. And the question is, last Thursday, a colleague who is a casual Star Wars fan asked a question that I stumbled over. So I pass it on to your guys. Uh, if Kylo slash Ben is not redeemed by the end of the trilogy, does that mean Han, Leia and Luke only came back to contribute to the fall of the boy. They failed. What do you think? Gents? I eventually said, no, by the way, I will leave my reasoning for another time. Now, that's a great question. Corey, I'm going to kick that one over to you first. What do you think? Did, did our, our big three come back? just to just to highlight Ben's failure and fall
2: to a, from a certain point of view, yes, I would think uh, even though we know that they've all failed him. His parents kind of failed him to a certain degree, and Luke kind of failed him in a big way. But in the same regard, they all tried to help him. Uh, it's not all up to them, really. like we knew. We know he was manipulated and poisoned from the get-go. And he had kind of made his own choices. But in the long run, I still do see there being a redemption for Kylo from a certain point of view again. Like, I, I don't see him being the big good guy and this and that. But I, I do see him kind of seeing the error of his ways by the time he goes out. And that that's kind of good enough for me. But... uh
0: yeah, I think we have, we have to be careful, right? We have to uh, break up the definition or disconnect redemption from forgiveness. Right? Cuz I don't like if you look at Vader, he was redeemed. He he graduated to a Force ghost on the light side of things. But he's by no means forgiven. Like on, on galactic, he on a galactic scale, even in the the, the realm of the Force Awakens, Vader was still a reviled and feared figure. So there, he didn't, he never achieved like universal forgiveness for what he had done.
2: Yeah. Not even with his daughter, he was, he became, he reached legend status.
0: Yeah, he did. So we we have to kind of keep, treat those words separately. Just because Ben might be redeemed. Doesn't mean he's going to be forgiven by all. But but Carl Carlos, around,
2: I, all right, go, go ahead. Well, just, it's kind of their fault, but it's not really their fault. Again, it's the fact that he was so manipulated, so sought after, like that it was destiny. And there was nothing really, in my opinion, that could have been done to to prevent Ben from turning.
0: Well, I mean, that's, that's the question, right? Like, I think that's a, a, this is a really good and complicated discussion. Like, was Ben destined to fall? Did he choose his path of his own free will? Or is this all Snoke's fault? You know, did his uncle and his family push him there? They they, they certainly helped, I think. Uh, like we know that Snoke had his eyes on Ben from conception, and probably spent years subtly planting seeds to turn him. But uh, you know, and again, like Han, Leia, Luke, <laughs> admitting the truth about Ben's family lineage that that couldn't have helped. But I, I don't little know. Little Ben,
2: little Ben had his t-ball game, and he's like, "Daddy, are you coming to see me tomorrow? I got a race." Mommy, are you coming to see me tomorrow? Sorry, son. I have a I have a meeting.
0: A, a session of at the Senate. Got to go. Yeah. I it's yeah, I mean it's, it's Ben was really let down, but he, you know, just by virtue of who he is, he probably has dark tendencies. But I, I I don't know. Like obviously we they could not have relaunched Star Wars without bringing back the big 3, all of whom now have a bit of a tarnished legacy because of Ben. But I, I think there's a fair expectation that that might be fixed up by the end of Episode 9. What's your take, Carlos? Uh,
3: my take is um, Luke didn't uh, fail Kylo. Uh, Kylo failed Luke. It's uh, it's in the script. And
0: Yeah, but it's
2: also in the script that he pulled a lightsaber on him, no matter which way you look at it, good, bad, or evil.
3: Yeah, I, no, I understand, but the the the, the point of the story, the point in my mind, the point of the story is you can't. Some people you just can't save.
2: Yeah.
3: And and you have to accept that, like it's it's an acceptance thing.
0: Yeah, as hard as it as it is to swallow, some people are some people just want to watch the world burn, and they're yeah. they're they're not right upstairs, and they're they're just. They're gonna do bad things. End of story. But yeah, I don't, that that's a good question, Stu, <laughs> Stu's colleague. Like, it seems. I mean, on the surface, man, they brought back the big three, and their main contributors to the rise of this villain. Because when when you look at it, like Han didn't go out a hero. He went out, he went out with a noble end, trying to save his son, but it, it didn't it didn't work out. He did a big belly flop off that bridge. Um, Luke, he's gone out on his own terms, of course, but he and he went out a hero, but he didn't save Ben. And Leia's going to go out in whichever way they see fit, but it's not going to be bringing Ben back. Maybe planting a seed? So you could, if you wanted to, say that they brought back these three legacy heroes, only to have them completely... Messed the bed with their with their younger member of their family, which is kind of a, a very pessimistic way to look at the th- those three great heroes of our youth. I wonder, in hindsight, guys, uh, given given the troubles they've had, you know, like fans out there who don't like the Last Jedi you know, with claims of character assassination of Luke, which I think are ri- ridiculous, um, and then adding Carrie's death to that, and all this stuff. Uh, Does does that you know the the things that make people create petitions to remove the last Jedi from canon like if Lucasfilm (laughs) could see into the future and if they if they could have seen this amount of of blowback which I I don't know that they anticipated this much or that it would be this vocal like do you think they would have set the sequel trilogy one generation further into the future. So that like you could you could have started a little bit cleaner and not have to worry about these guys at all. Like clearly they're all dead at this point. You know what I mean? Like uh, like Han would be in his nineties, so or maybe even like uh, whatever he'd be in his nineties. So you you could have just completely moved on for that whole group of people. Do you think that's something they would have done if they knew? No,
2: I think they still would have went underway like by having bought it in. Maybe if they would have bought it later on, but if they would have still bought it at the same time, they would have marched forward. They have a business plan. They're going forward, and that's that.
0: Like, they needed this big three to to market The Force Awakens, right?
2: They did. They hit an unfortunate circumstance, like a tragedy, a great tragedy for all of us. But, uh, I mean, the show must go on in a way, too, you know?
3: Yeah, they wanted to capitalize for sure on on the the, the star power of Harrison Ford and and uh, Carrie Fisher and and, and Luke. Like, if, even, if, even in hindsight, at,
2: it's worth it, like hundred percent.
3: Yeah, but if you look at the storyboard, I'm sure they said, okay, Harrison's gone in one, Luke's gone in two, Carrie's gone in three. Like, they they want, I'm sure that's what was like the over, you know the the overview of what the the trilogy would be.
0: my my theory was still that, that Leia was going to survive all three and it would end and she would just like it would be the end of all things and she'd retire and everything would be hunky dory. I always thought yeah, that perhaps. Leia would make it all the way through. Um
2: now you're looking at Force Ghost Leia. Oh god,
0: please. Please yes. Ser- Serenity now. Interesting question though. Stubaka Thanks for sending that, that in and uh thank your colleague for us. All right. Now we're gonna move into the last section of the show. We have the, the double barrel blast from Jeff and Jeff. So let's check in with Jeff Kelts, the
1: Metal Mando, and the misses. Hey guys, Jeff here from Sunny Fort Myers, Florida. Last week I mentioned my wife had a couple of questions about the last jet. after we had to rewatch it again for the uh tenth, fifteenth time. Who knows? We love it. Um, but her other question was, she heard a couple, not a few people here and there mentioning, talking about, there wasn't really a big reveal in this movie, you know, there may be the, um, you know, it was the second act in the trilogy, you know, there wasn't that I am your father type moment, but she really disagrees, she thinks there was a pretty major reveal moment in this movie, and that was when Kylo Ren took out Snoke and was proclaimed you know the supreme leader shortly after i mean i have to agree with that that's a that's a pretty that's a pretty big reveal you know slash shocking moment and what we want to ask you guys is um as you are watching all these star wars movies for the first time you know the original trilogy when you're younger prequels the sequel you know two movies uh, the offshoot movies Watched Rogue One so far, and um, even the animated series, uh, The Clone Wars uh, and Rebels. Like, what are the moments that, when you're watching these where you're like, Holy crap, I did not see that coming? Just those shocking moments. And, you know, we're going to have to exclude the I Am Your Father moment because we can all agree that that might be one of the greatest moments in cinematic history. So, we're going to Put that up there on its pedestal and proclaim that number one. I think everybody can agree. But uh, maybe you guys want to, for us, throw out a top three or so. You can mention as many as you want. We'd love to hear what you guys' thoughts are on these. Uh, I mean, a few of ours were, you know, uh, we'll go with the original trilogy. Like when Han comes in there with his Millennium Falcon and takes out those two TIE fighters and uh Spins Darth Vader's time advanced out into space, you know. I mean, who saw that coming the first time you saw that movie? I sure did not. You know, and um as far as the prequel trilogy, we kinda thought when uh you know, Mace was in there with uh Palpatine and in, in his quarters there and uh he uses the force lightning for that first time and just kinda like pushes it on him and just forces him out that window, you know, I, I, I out into, you know, his death there, just, wow, I was like, a, man, that, I didn't see that coming, that was a pretty shocking moment to us, and uh, as far as, uh, you know, the sequel trilogies, when Ray catches that lightsaber coming out of the snow there, I mean, I'm pretty sure mm, most of us thought that was going to be Luke catching that saber, but when Ray caught that saber, man, you hear that Star Wars theme just kick in, Just get you in the feels. That's that's one of our one of our most shocking moments ever. Um, For and I want to add in uh, for me personally. um, You know, Return of the Jedi when, uh, Boosh is walking around there in disguise, and it was revealed that she was actually Leia. That kind of like was like whoa, I didn't see that one coming. Not maybe a crazy shocking moment, but it's up there on my list. But for you guys. Yeah, give me maybe top three or more. Like, what's your most uh, shocking reveal? You know, type moments in all of Star Wars, and uh, that's coming from my wife, and she wanted to know your thoughts on that, guys. So, can't wait to hear it. And for this week, this is uh, Mr. and Mrs. Metalmando, and we are out of here, guys. Bye. All right, thank you,
0: Mr. and Mrs. Metalmando. Thanks for the question again this week. Like, I it, it warms my heart to know that you guys are are that much into The Last Jedi, like 10 or 15 viewings. Like, I've only seen it once since getting the the, uh, the Blu-ray. I've seen the documentaries more. Like, you guys are killing it, man. That's awesome. Um, And also, I, I agree. Killing Snoke has got to be the big shock moment in that movie. Like, it's, it was totally unexpected. I had... <clears throat> I never would I have, have I suspected that. And it fits perfectly with this story. It's a great left turn. It's absolutely perfect in my mind. All right, so guys, let's let's blaze through these quickly. Uh, let's start with the prequels. Uh, Carlos, are there any shocking moments to you from the prequels, um, or anything not, at all that surprised you? Uh,
3: probably uh, Anakin losing his arm in the, the duel with Dooku. Uh, That's a
2: good shock value.
3: I, I wasn't expecting it to happen, even though we know Vader has a, a bionic uh, hand. Uh, in, uh, in Return of the Jedi.
0: Yeah, I thought he would have so, lost all of those at once to Obi-Wan in the same
7: battle.
3: Yeah, it, yeah, I, I did, that was, it was, uh, for me, that was probably the most shocking. And considering we knew where the the story was leading up to, it's a lot, it's more about, uh, you know, seeing what you imagined already.
0: Yeah, there wasn't a lot of room, right? For, for shock yeah. moments in the prequels
3: exactly so uh like maybe qui-gon dying and uh but that obviously put uh obi-wan to the front to the fore. uh that, that's that, it that, that that's the point of, of of qui-gon dying
0: and that was spoiled and before the movie even yeah came big yeah to with that. the soundtrack
3: yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah so that's it for me that's uh that was the big shocker in, uh, in the prequel
0: what about you cory
2: Yeah, prequel-wise, I don't really have anything more shocking than that, to be honest.
0: Uh, I think in in Sith, seeing um, Anakin light up his lightsaber in the face of a bunch of kids.
2: Ooh, yeah, that was pretty
0: good. I was like, ooh, wow. Master Skywalker. Like, we're going there, are we? Holy smokes. Okay, then. Um, Aside from that, the only thing that I can really recall is... The, you know, the reveal from Dooku that he was Qui-Gon's former master. Like, oh, look at that. Like, again, like, George Lucas connecting dots and building lineages with these people. Um, But that's, I mean, that's not, uh, to this point, that still hasn't really been a huge deal.
2: Ooh, I got a big one for you. Big shocker. Big, uh, it sent uh, reverbs throughout fandom. I'm going to say it. Medichlorians. Yeah. Well, when I heard it for the first time, honestly, in theater, I remember I had a friend that knew I was super into Star Wars and they saw The Phantom Menace with me. One of the many times I saw it in theater. And then after, like, I was just a teenager. I was like 18 years old and we were at, like, it was probably like midnight. We were just like swinging on swings in a park. And he was just asking me all these questions
0: about Medichlorians. I was like, Like, leave me alone. Like, I don't know. (laughs) Uh, All right. Let's, uh, let's move into the originals. I think for me, this is harder to do. Like, I can't remember watching the originals from the first time, really, except from A New Hope. Like, these movies have just always been there for me. I don't remember my reaction to I Am Your Father. And I, I don't remember my reaction to There Is Another Skywalker. You know, I was six or seven or eight years old the first time I saw these movies, I'm sure a lot of stuff just either went over my head the first time and then gradually sunk in over time to the point where it was always just part of the story. So I don't really have any shocking moments from the OT. I was just too little when I first saw it. What about you guys? Well, yeah, I mean, (laughs) yeah, go for it, Carlos. I was
3: just going to say, I was going to say, yeah, same thing for me, like, the, when I was a kid, the most shocking thing was was seeing the back of Vader's head and his helmet come down. Mm. Like that was like Stunk. Well, no, the sound is funny, but like <laughs> the just to see the back of his head is like, oh my god, this scary guy. Like he is disgusting. a guy. Yeah, it, it was. It was. It was special. It was. It was more. It was shocking more in a visceral sense in uh, as opposed to the 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 reveal of of uh, the character's uh, past so yeah I, I i don't there's nothing more shocking uh than that i would say i mean the, the i mean whole, even the whole, vader the
0: whole trilogy vader, is built around i am your father right
3: yeah pretty much like vader turning on on palpatine like if you just watch that movie for the first time uh have you know not knowing what's going to happen i'm sure that's just as big a shock uh, to people who saw it in theaters in 83
0: yeah i said yeah that would yeah that really would be I, I would i would love to see that moment again although i in a, in a way we kind of had it we just got it in in december of 2017 when when kylo turned on his master yeah um yeah, I, I, again, the OT, just it, it's always been there. It's just such a part of my consciousness that nothing really... Sh- I can't remember being shocked by any of it. Corey,
2: I think I can remember you. one thing. One, one thing I can think I can remember, like, yes, uh, the Yoda thing, there is another. I can't say that really shocked me, but I think having... Because I do remember watching Jedi for the first time, because it was a little later in life. And anyhow... Um Leia being Boosh or Bosh. Yeah. I think that was a good little shocker there. You're like, oh, Leia in the house. Yeah,
0: I don't remember my reaction to that either. At I
2: all. can't remember my reaction either, to be honest. Like, I think I'm just grabbing at straws here. <laughs> but I, I think I, I, I can guarantee you when I saw it the first time, I was shocked.
0: Now, I remember as a kid... Watching the, the original run on the Death the Death Star the trench run, and seeing all of these Rebel pilots getting blown up, and it I remember being jarred as a kid a little bit by all these good guys dying. Like every time one of those guys in that orange jumpsuit exploded, I was like, ah ah, <laughs> it, it, pull
4: it, up <laughs>
0: ah. It I you know the movie's doing its job. It's making me feel things for for the protagonists. But nothing was like, oh my god, I can't believe that. I, 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 you know, even if I think to these special editions, I can't even remember. And again, I was like nineteen when that came out, so I, I should remember that, but I don't. Like, I don't remember uh, Hayden Christensen. Actually, know when they replaced him? That was when. Um, they never replaced Hayden Christensen. Well, when it, when they replaced Sebastian Shaw. The oh, force okay. ghost version of with create with, with Hayden Christensen. I, I can't even can't even remember if I knew that was coming.
2: How, how about this for a shocker Han stepping on Jabba's tail?
0: Well, that was shocking for a different reason. Yep.
3: <laughs> My favorite part about that was the um, the uh, the original footage with that big Scottish dude who was actually playing Jabba.
0: Yeah, Declan something, I think is his name. Declan Mulholland, yeah, I want to say.
3: Yeah, yeah, something like that. And uh, I, I like that guy.
0: <laughs> yeah, he was, yeah, it's, it's pretty ridiculous. Uh, so what about um, this Disney era, as we call it? Uh, the sequel trilogy pl- pl- uh, plus Rogue One. Any Anything really shock you or surprise you there, Corey?
2: Um... Well, Rogue One, I can't really think of anything to be honest. I have one. Okay. Know. Um. Yeah, go for it.
0: It's not the the Vader in the in the tunnel because I I was kind of expecting something. That's true. That's true. It was seeing uh, Gold Leader.
2: No, oh, that was yeah. awesome. Yeah, that was awesome.
0: Uh, it says
3: Gold Leader. And They're getting was, our approach.
0: Yeah, Gold Leader. And who who's the other guy? They they worked in a couple of Rebel pilots from a new hope into, into rogue one.
3: It was one of the red, red guys. I don't remember.
0: Was it not Porkins?
3: No, no, (laughs) it wasn't Porkins. should have been Porkins,
0: but yeah, there was a couple of guys, maybe red leader and gold leader. Anyway, Uh, not important. uh, It was those two guys from a new hope. And I was just like, wow, I was floored by that. What a cool little detail to connect those two movies. I, I thought that was brilliant. Uh, Otherwise, but that's a good call. Uh, what else in Rogue? I think there had to be another reveal in Rogue One that really got me. It's escaping me now, though. You guys have anything well, from Rogue One? Not really. Tarkin and Leia, we knew. Uh, Bail Organa, we we kind of saw coming.
2: Yeah, we we saw the pictures.
0: We saw the pictures. Uh, Chopper and Hera.
2: That that's true. That was a good Easter egg.
3: Because I are you in R two and three? P O Scarif. Oh, <laughs> like we got them for the for that one little for that one little line.
0: That one moment too many, Carlos. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. Like I don't. I don't think we knew that they were gonna drop Hera and Chopper in there, did we?
2: No, not at all. I remember Dave Donovan uh, sent me a message the night of we had had our dinner. I was in the parking lot of the theater, the premiere night, like, the, you know, the real night, the night before the late showing. And David sent me a message saying, at this moment, look in the top left hand of your screen, you'll see your boy. And I was like, oh, my God. I didn't tell any of you guys till after the movie, but.
0: Yeah, that was that was really surprising. Really cool. Really welcome. The ghost, for that matter, as well. Uh, I in was, the battle. I was, yeah. yeah, that was that was super cool. Um, what about uh, The Force Awakens or The Last Jedi? Anything else really jump out?
2: Well, The Force Awakens, I mean, right off the bat, on in the crawl, we we see Luke Skywalker is vanished. I was kind of like, what? Sure. And Kylo being the son of Han and Leia, I mean, I knew as a big fan, I knew that that was pretty much the way it's gonna ha- it was going to go down but it, even to, just hearing Snoke say it was like <gasps> took my breath away and uh, Han dying as well I mean for shock value at least I, I had a good feeling that it was going to happen but the moment of when they're both holding that saber together at the same time it's like so like I was like almost like oh my god he's going to give it to him Han's going to do this and then <laughs> I was like Oh no, he's not.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, I was totally spoiled. I, 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 I was sure anyway. If, if, if you're brave enough to listen to our first crappy podcast, it was, I was like, yeah, no, dude, it's over. Han Solo's dead. <laughs> he's, for sure, he's gonna die. Um, so when he actually did die, like they they dragged that moment on. JJ really milked that moment, and I was like, please, please, like let everybody be wrong. Let just. Oh man, he killed him. <laughs> Uh, the, the the reveal of the Falcon got me. Like they really got That's me with true. that. Especially since like the, the that was a TV clip on Kimmel in the days before uh, TFA came out, and it had you know you saw uh, Finn and Ray running towards the quad jumper, and then they you know, they go as far as to say, "Um, what about that one? Oh, the garbage will the garbage will do." And then the clip would cut, and I I just took it at face value. I was like, "Oh, cool. Oh, well, I wonder what's next." <laughs> I was like, when they I, when he's sitting there uh, in December 2015, the camera pans over to the Falcon. I was like, oh my god! Like, I can't. I totally didn't see that coming, and I should have. In hindsight, that is, it's a ridiculous thing to say. You didn't see that coming, uh, but <laughs> it, it took my breath away. As did uh, Ray getting the saber on on Starkiller Base, pulling it from the snow past Kylo's head. Who I still maintain he'd make a terrible shortstop. Just ducking out of the way like that. Okay. Get in front of it, Kylo. <laughs> he just didn't want it bad enough, I guess. Anyway, those two moments took my breath away totally. And then um, I-, I won't sp- I won't talk about them in any detail just yet. We'll do that later this week, Corey. A couple of reveals from the Rebels season uh, series finale, and then uh, a couple of episodes before that. We talked about yeah, it before we- with. Uh, you know, the, the the, air quotes time travel bit that that I, all I just get went off
2: my chest too from uh the the sequel trilogy. Um, Kylo and Snoke, like uh, Jeff had said, Rain Kylo fighting can kind of saw it, we didn't necessarily know it was coming, but seeing it happen was just it had good shock value to me. Um, but I think the another huge one, the biggest one, really. Not only oh well there's Yoda too. That was pretty good. Kind of had a feeling that was coming, but uh I think it's the Luke about to strike down Kylo. Like none of us saw that coming. So much so, like it's such an intense scene. Like Ray and Kylo are talking, and he's like, he never told you what happened. And you're like, oh, like as a fan, you're kind of just like, oh, whoa, whoa, like what did happen, Kylo? Like, go on. And to see it happen, not once not twice but thrice yeah, like the, you see the, that the story being sequence. told like you see it being told from so many different perspectives it's like it's so cool and it's a shock to really know that Luke went that far
0: yeah but again like i think people forget that it was a fleeting moment like i don't think he was ever really going to do it cuz he you know he thinks about he's he's looking into kylo and he goes man, a lot, this kid's going to bring a lot of suffering. Let I, let me turn on my light. Oh, you know what? I'm not going to do it. Oh, crap. He caught me.
2: No, either way, it's still a shock. It was a shock to him, himself. He's ashamed of himself after. And even as a fan, I was shocked. Just I, I think that was a really, really, really big one within the it's, film. It,
3: and and they the kind of play back to it like when he tries to burn down the tree. Yeah, I'm going. I'm going to burn this tree down. And then... You're burning down the tree, like <laughs> the text, Yoda, the text. Yeah. So you know that's just Luke's character. That's just that's who he is. So he thought about it for a second. I should probably do it, Ugh, but I can't.
0: Luke had you know. always been filled with that self doubt, right? Mm-hmm. That's and that's you know not to tangent off too far off base here. We're we're going on a while here, but um. Like, one of the reasons why people don't like Ray is because they feel she's overpowered and hasn't earned it. But her power comes from her belief, her faith. She believes in herself. Despite all of her struggles, she believes she can do it. I can do she this. She had to. I she can, had do, to. This. I can do this. She's been living on
3: her own, right? She's been living on her own. Uh, she's been uh, forging uh, for, for portions. She's self-sufficient, uh, right? Like she's, Yeah, exactly. She believes. And she's got a good, good self-reliance. Like,
2: but she's got a good morality as well like she believes in what she's doing is right
0: yeah that's that's Wanted part to of help it too. People. like she's she believes and that's why she can do it luke is always always with, with with you what cannot be done that's why he struggles so hard you know that i think people uh, erroneously call uh, label ray a mary sue because of that it's just it's it's the way she's written as a character. She she believes. It's not that doesn't make her a Mary Sue because she has belief and faith. Anyway, that's that's, that's. just
2: before we we pass on one more thing. Like uh, Kyle touched upon animation a bit earlier. I'm not going to get too deep into it there, but uh, the gravitas to Surpass film, <laughs> honestly, like the stuff that happened in season four and even in past seasons too huge shockers man twilight i don't necessarily want to say shockers but just big res- revelations and uh, Kanan, canaan being blinded like that was heavy man seeing that the first time
0: sure all right all right let's let's put a, a pin in that one for now jeffrey mr and mrs metal mando thank you guys that was that was great it's it's always worth exclu- you know, exploring those shocking moments because I you know sometimes you maybe underestimate how many there are in Star Wars. I kind of always feel it boil down to a couple. There's there's been a bunch. All right, and he's back, everybody. Mr. Canto Cast, Jeffrey Fishback is back in the house. Jeffrey, it's it's a pleasure to have you back on the show. Let's listen to what he has to say.
5: Hey guys, it's Jeff from the Canto Cast. I know I've been M.I.A. there for a couple of weeks, but the flu kind of hit me pretty hard and I was down and out for the count for a couple weeks. But I'm back feeling good and ready to get back into everyone's favorite segment, the Star Wars Seinfeld mashup question of the week. This week, I would like to know who are some of your favorite Star Wars obscure characters and who are some of your favorite Seinfeld obscure characters and why to me obscure can mean a small role background it they they could be have a speaking role but not necessarily have to have a speaking role you know just a character that was very minor in you know Star Wars or Seinfeld so can't wait to hear your answers as always I'm glad to be back. It feels good to be back. Talk to you guys next week, and may the Force be with you.
0: And there he goes. Again, Mr. CantoCast himself. Glad you're feeling better there, Jeff. All right, guys, let's do this. Um, who is your favorite obscure Star Wars character, Corey, and why? <laughs> I hope you don't have a well, list of like 25 people here.
6: No, and, not and you, too many. <laughs> you, you,
0: saw, you know the rule, right? It's like a small rule, a couple of lines not somebody who was in all three movies. Yeah. It's a, it's a hard question. Like, I
2: want to say something, something like Hondo, but he's too big. I would think at Way this point, too big. even Plo Koon, like Plo, Plo Koon in the movies, anyhow, totally got the short in the stick, big character in the Clone Wars, but uh, not really in the movies that much, which kind of disappointed me a bit. Um, let's go. Max Rebo, <laughs> just because I've just always have a, had a thing for that blue elephant playing the keyboard. Knee and numb, because I don't know, I love that guy, that laugh. Nah, Another he, laugh he doesn't count.
0: He's not, he's not, not? obscure. Uh,
2: he's, yeah, I guess he's not too too obscure, especially now that he's still on board.
0: He's been in, he's uh, been in three movies now.
2: Yeah, yeah, he's a survivor.
0: He's not obscure.
2: What about Salacious Crumb? What is Star Wars without that laugh? Yeah. Come on.
0: Yeah, I guess a I, better movie. Come <laughs> on. <laughs> I love. I it love is his ridiculous character. that that creature has a full name. It's absurd.
2: What about Embo? Give me a little pass on Embo, even though he's in a few episodes. Ooh. He's he, he's more a head nodder. He Doesn't have any lines. <laughs>
0: Man, his ego too obscure. Like, and you have to be—you have to be a devotee of the Clone Wars to even know who Embo is. Embo is the
2: bomb, yo.
0: But actually, he's also in the aftermath trilogy. So, does he pass beyond fringe obscure character? Hmm. No, I'm like I can't. I can't let you have Embo. You, you got to—the person at least has to be in the big screen.
4: Hmm.
3: But like Corey, I was sure you would say, you would say Lobot. I mean, you have this, this,
2: this. this yeah, I like Lobot. That's a good call.
3: It's Overwhelming urge to to talk about him, like as if he's actually important. <laughs> <I don't... laughs>
2: Read the Lando comic, man.
0: Jesus. Yes.
3: Jesus. Hey, just because he
0: has a touching story, there doesn't make him any more important.
2: He still saves the day in Empire.
0: <sighs> okay. What? <laughs> um, I I think he might qualify as obscure. He's in one movie, very briefly, no lines, presses a few buttons. I'll allow it. But you're 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 doing what you do now, Corey. You're you're listing off everybody.
2: Uh, I'm good. I'm done. I could say Cabe. <laughs> I love that
0: little bugger.
3: Uh, okay, Carlos. Uh, for me, it's uh. It's got to be Bosk. It doesn't say anything. You see him uh, for uh, like probably three seconds. But, wearing
2: his Doctor Who spacesuit.
3: But but that that whole that pilot's outfit, like y- you just know that like he's a sick pilot and uh, a real like dirty bounty hunter. Absolutely. So for me, he's yeah as far as obscure like
2: yeah that's uh did you ever did i ever tell you this one like a bit of trivia that that flight suit that he's wearing is straight out of like a doctor who wardrobe like they literally picked it from a doctor who like set like i don't know how they got their hands on the costume but it's just recycled hollywood stuff
3: yeah makes sense
0: I I wanted to go with the emperor's royal guards, like they just looked so cool and so dangerous, but you never really get to see them do anything. So again, they're like that that jaws thing, just the unseen danger.
2: Ooh, in that regard, Zuvio. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Poor Zuvio. Um, but I I got to go with Wilro Hood, the ice cream man. <laughs> I, mean, I knew someone was gonna say that. Ah, oh, come on! Like it, it just it's to me he, not because of what he does in Empire, because it's literally nothing. He's just running with his ice cream maker. It's he he embodies the best part of fandom, that people can get behind anything. You know when they when, when they go to fans showing up at, at conventions and they have the the Rowe hood run. And it's all kinds of people dressed up as this total background character running around the convention with ice cream makers. It's ridiculous, and it is so funny. It's the best part. It's it's what makes fandom really great. That you can just rally around the stupidest little thing and make a hilarious bit about it. It's so cool. And the guy gets an action figure for that type of role. Unbelievable. All right, um... And then I think Jeffrey asked, "Our our most our favorite obscure Seinfeld character, Carlos. Who you got?
3: Uh, I got uh, the dentist,
0: Mister Tim Watley.
3: Yeah,
2: I wouldn't call him obscure.
3: He's in like two episodes, man. Like or one,
2: one more than two. Isn't he's recurring." But He's got more than a couple of lines,
0: but I, I well, big, I know what you're big going. fans of of Seinfeld would see him as more than obscure. Like the general Seinfeld fan would be like, "That was Brian Cranston? Oh my god!" So again, it's it's a, a certain point of view type thing. He is and he isn't obscure, but it's a good answer.
3: Well, because look, considering like Seinfeld did what eight, nine seasons?
0: Nine, I believe.
3: Yeah. So, in the grand scheme of um, of how many hours of Seinfeld exist and how m- how much screen time he actually had, uh, <laughs> I-, I think that it's comparable to like a Lobot in a two hour movie.
0: Yeah, uh, maybe fair. That is that is possibly fair. And uh, what about him? What about him? Do you, I, I? It's. I mean, it's Brian Cranston. He can do anything. Is is that really the long and short of it? No, it's just. It, it was
3: funny. Like he, Jerry's, like one hundred percent right that he converted to Judaism just for the jokes, and <laughs>
2: <laughs> the playboys
3: and
0: in a, his office. A
3: stickle of fluoride. Yeah, give me a, a little shtickle of fluoride. Um, <laughs> and the, uh, you know, that's why our people uh, have been suffering for 3,000 years. And then Jerry's like 5,000 years. Like <laughs> uh, It's, yeah, I don't know. It, 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 he's just like the weirdest, like, there's like this this douche element. Um, oh, absolutely. Yeah, it's it's funny. It's good. I, I, that, that's why I like, that's it, why he's my favorite of the, like, obscure. Like, I could have said, who, who doesn't want to wear the ribbon? Like, I could have said that guy.
0: Those guys were, were on my short list.
3: <laughs> you know, but uh, yeah, I got to go with Brian Cranston. I mean, it's Walter White, for God's sakes.
0: I've still never seen an episode of that show.
3: Oh <laughs> Bill Burr's in there, by the way.
0: I know, yeah, he, I know he yeah. uh he cameoed a couple times. You, you know
2: that takes place in the the Walking Dead uh yeah, the Walking Dead universe.
0: There is a theory that um What's it Walter White caused the zombie apocalypse. Yeah. And people nice. have point people have pointed to evidence to say, here's the proof.
2: Yeah, there's cars and I think was it a car and a shoe or something, but either way.
3: Well, thanks for that uh, future rabbit hole. I'm going to go down. <laughs>
2: yeah, it's fun. You're I watching. read it. it. was pretty cool.
3: Yeah, but it's also uh, 1230 in the morning. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, Corey, your favorite Seinfeld character. Obscure Seinfeld character. Yeah,
2: there's kind of a few out there. I like almost to say the, the maestro Bob Cobb. Bob Cobb.
0: The maestro's good.
2: Uncle Leo, he's not too obscure though anymore. No. Mickey Abbott, he did a few episodes, but I'm gonna give you a little obscure one here. Go with Lieutenant Joe Bookman.
4: Oh, that's oh,
3: oh, that's, that's a, a good one. That's awesome.
0: That's so good.
2: That's Tropic good, of Cancer. It
3: was Mel Book Mel Bookman, wasn't it?
2: <laughs> no, Joe Bookman.
3: Joe Bookman, yeah.
2: Just call him Bookman. I, yeah, oh. Bookman, Lieutenant oh. Bookman. Oh, so good. That's, Let me tell you a. something. See. And I, I like him for the fact that just because he reminds me of something from either past generations of sitcoms, something from my youth of watching reruns and syndication from shows in the seventies or something like. Just Dragnet,
3: man. It was like
2: yeah, exactly. Yeah. One of those things. Yeah. I think he was on Dragnet exactly. And and one other quick one is uh, I'm gonna go slow mo and slippery. Peak. You, son-
0: you had to do it. Yeah, just because
2: they belong in Star Wars.
0: Well, that's the end of the show then, guys. Corey took mine because he can't <laughs> keep his mouth shut. He just keeps Shlomo. going. He's given his answer and he just keeps going and stealing everybody else's thunder. Unbelievable. But yeah, Slippery Pete was Morning my guy. thunder. <laughs> he was my guy. Slippery Pete.
2: What about Shlomo? They're, they're a duo, man. Like, like saw and like two tubes. Yeah. It's all,
0: come on. It's all about Slippery Pete. Uh, the, the holes. Where do the holes go? <laughs> <laughs> the electrician who doesn't know what the outlet is called—just the holes—he <laughs> is—he is absolutely the best. That's uh, Peter Stormare, right? Yeah, he
2: moved on to future fame.
0: I sure did, but yeah, Slippery Pete no, needs no justification or introduction. He's—he's he's just amazing. That episode is absolute classic with the Frogger and game. They, Holy, and folks. they belong
2: in a cantina.
0: Those two guys would fit right in, in Moss Eisley. Absolutely. All right, Jeffrey. There you go. You need sir.
2: ride. <laughs>
0: <laughs> there you go. Let us know yours and anybody else who would care to venture into the world of Star Wars and Seinfeld obscurity. Let us have it. All right, guys. That is it for episode one twenty two. Good one, guys. I had a lot of fun. Uh, Carlos, where can people find you on Twitter?
3: Find me at C Candido Music.
0: Perfect. And Corey, where can good people find you on Twitter? Well,
2: Kyle, let me tell you, the good people can find me at Chop Rules with a Z, baby.
0: Excellent. And I am at Tumbling Saber across the board. Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Uh, Come check us out, especially our closed Tumbling Saber Facebook group. Uh, You can always come knock on the door, and we will let you in. And you can come hang out and talk Star Wars uh, behind our closed little sanctuary. You are totally welcome to come do that. So uh, come check it out. And also, if you enjoyed this podcast, if this is your first time listening to us, you enjoyed what we're doing, uh, then might, might I tempt you with our Patreon campaign to become a powerful friend. So for just a couple bucks a month, you can become a powerful friend and get access to our back catalogue of exclusive podcasts, and you'll also get uh, access to all our future exclusive podcasts, including Sith Disturbers, which we talked about today, and uh, you're also on into the draw for our monthly prizes, and whatever contests we do, and more. So go check that out at patreon.com slash tumblingsaber, and uh, hopefully hopefully, we'll see you there in the Powerful Friends program. Help us uh, help us reach our goals you know, we, we put a lot of work into this podcast, and it would be nice if uh, we could add a few more powerful friends to the lot. So go check it out. And lastly, but certainly not leastly, you got to go check out starwarscommonwealth.com and go see all our friends at the network and see the great work that they're doing. So you can check out the new website that we have up, and you can see all the shows. They're all right there. You can go pick through and see what they're all about. And uh, I'm sure you will like them all. There's something for everybody at StarWarsCommonwealth.com. Or you can also find us as a podcast provider on Apple Podcasts. So go do that. Treat yourself this week to some really awesome Star Wars programming. And so that's it. That brings us to the end of Episode 122. I want to say thank you for listening. And we'll catch you guys next time.
4: Sitting here for hours, looking at that shower. Just getting wider, like a mirror to myself Struggle for the answers, questions frighten me Circles getting wider, it's harder just to see through all my